0: Oh, welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. This is Ryan Bailey. That's your Wednesday episode. If that doesn't get you going this this fine Wednesday, I don't know what's going to do it. You sh- you should just turn around and go right back to bed. If that's not going to wake you up, you got you got the White Stripes. Miss them so much. I was watching one of their videos. I was watching the Seven Nation Army video actually last week randomly, and I just forgot what a huge impact those guys were on me in the uh in the 2000s Um, and then of course the Eurythmics Annie Lennox has a voice of an angel and I don't think a lot of people talk about the Eurythmics anymore which just shocks me you know if you if you have kids and all that you got to make sure they're into the Eurythmics you got to Annie Lennox's voice and also Annie Lennox had two amazing solo albums as well probably more than that but two that I really loved as a kid uh guys, I hope you're going to have the best Wednesday ever. Uh this is going to be uh this is going to be an episode. By the way, my dog is looking at I have Brooklyn. I got my dog Brooklyn for the week and uh she is adjusting. She was a little shocked to hear my voice all of a sudden cuz she's sleeping peacefully on my bed and it's all it's so funny. I forgot when uh cuz if you guys don't know if you're new, uh I'm divorced and I've uh, uh, uh oh, I don't want I don't want Brooklyn to know. My dog just was like, "What?" Um, and and you know, we share a dog, but the primary uh, caretaker of our dog is my ex, and she's so like just amazing, like the best dog mom ever. So uh, when I do get her, I mean, first off, it's very nerve wracking because I just want to make sure everything's good. But secondly, you remember all of those, like I I think I didn't have a podcast when I had my dog, when we were together, probably because. I just talk to my dog. Like, I find myself just like, what's up, Boogie? Brooklyn, what's up? Oh, sorry, Brooklyn. Not you. Well, you, but she's looking at me again. But I would just nonstop monologue to my dog. And I'm realizing that as I do that today, I'm like, wow, I used to do this all the time. I would just wake up, talk to her, go to bed while talking to her. Fascinating. Uh, But I miss her so much, and I'm glad she's here. Brooke, did you hear? You just got name dropped. iHeartRadio. You could have your own podcast one day. Um, so, yeah, I hope everybody's going good, doing good. I'm going to, this is going to be a, a mishmash episode as we do usually. We're going to have a million-dollar listing as a show we don't really cover a lot, but we're going to have the one and only Josh Flag with us today. Uh, now, I did this interview weeks and weeks ago, so it's coming out, but um, uh, the million-dollar listing, Josh and Josh, you can find streaming right now, they did a um, a split Uh, From the actual usual Million Dollar Listing. And uh, I thought it was great. I think you guys will love it. Million Dollar Listing is one of those shows that is kind of like the little engine that could. Like shows like that and Below Deck... Like so many people love those shows so dearly because they're great, but they don't fall into the same category as Housewives because they're usually not as intense fighting with each other, even though Frederick, you know, there's always some drama with Frederick. Um, But I love that those are just shows that you talk to people. They're like, yeah, I only watch Million Dollar Listing. They're like, wow, that's amazing. And I will say, you know, I watch Selling Sunset, but Million Dollar Listing, the superior show. I don't know where you guys stand on that. That's where I stand on that, but that's everybody can have their opinion. But as we always say, mine is the correct opinion, but everybody is welcome to their own. Um, So we're going to do Josh Flagg interview. I think that's like 30 minutes or maybe a little bit less. And then I want to do a summer house recap. And I'm going to do some news stories right now because I am just sitting in my bed looking at my dog and scrolling through Twitter and Instagram at 9.49 p.m. Um, It has been a busy day, so now I'm finally getting to this but it's good at the end of the day sometimes it's not my favorite to do at the end of the day but it usually ends up that way throughout the day you everything just kind of gets pushed back but it's good because you get to see all the craziness happening on the old uh information super highway of the Sorry, world could you say that again? what is Sorry, my I'm having trouble hearing you i because i didn't ask for you apple watch apple watch what's my name hey, hey siri what's my name you're Ryan, but since we are friends, I get to call you Lisa Rinna. That's right. I ask my <laughs> I ask my Siri to call me Lisa Rinna. I used to have it call me Batman, but then I was like, I want to keep on my toes, so I have it call me Lisa Rinna. And the funny thing is. I would never have even really shared that with you guys. Like, that's the weirdness I am. I didn't even do that for a bit. Like, that's just to make myself laugh throughout the day. But know what's scary is that it's attached to my contact, too. So if I send myself emails, it'll come up as Lisa Rinna. And I'm such an idiot that it scared me now like ten times where I'm like, holy fuck. Lisa Rinna's emailing me before I realize I changed my contact info to Lisa Rinna. Ugh. By the way, I feel like that's going to come back at some point to haunt me, so just clock that right now. So we got some late-breaking drama between Julia Fox, Kanye West's ex, who is now in the public eye, and Azalea Banks, who is uh, uh, an amazing rapper, but more importantly, I've talked about her on the show a couple times, uh, most recently in the, the episode I did with Gabrielle Bluestone a couple of weeks ago. She can literally destroy people. This This lady has a acid tongue i would be scared to death to ever mess with her but they got into it a little bit and i want to read all of this but i want us to pay attention because i read an article about julia fox today this is a show primarily about pop culture and reality shows but pop culture and i want us to pay attention to something i want to do a little science experiment okay so today is tuesday uh tuesday oh my god it's tuesday february 15th oh my god we're almost to 2023 um Julia Fox on Instagram right now has 1.2 million followers, okay? February 15th. So let's try to track from this point. We'll check in on this weekly. We'll do the Julia Fox report because I want to see, based on what happens in media, where her Instagram will go up or down. I think this is going to be really fascinating to watch because right now, today, I read an article... um, let's see I, I sent it to myself i this okay so this was in daily mail today but i believe it was uh, from another report and the headline is Exclusive, $100,000 per event, $50,000 per post, and 50% more popular. How Julia outfoxed her own earning power and sent Google into overdrive after short-lived romance with Kanye West as insiders claim she will make millions. Uh, Julia saw her Google search trends escalate by almost 100% after she went public with the rapper following their chance meeting on New Year's Eve. She walked the Laquan fashion show runway in New York earlier this week and has certainly seen her star star rise since the whirlwind romance with the musician. However, an industry insider has now warned the former dominatrix will need to do something tangible very soon in order to keep herself in the spotlight. I love tangible. Like, shouldn't that be it in the beginning? Like, you're noticed for doing something tangible? But, like, it's it's just not what celebrity is. Um... The once obscure actress's follower count on Instagram has also risen to a whopping 1.2 million since the beginning of the year. Uh, And uh, Professor Jonathan Shalit says the association with Kanye is the best thing ever for Julia's career. She was not totally the star that the association with Kanye has made her. So right now, Julia can earn, expected to earn, $100,000 for every public appearance she does uh, and $50,000 for every endorsed social media post from this point on. So this is going to be fascinating. We're going to watch this because if this is what she can make, let's see if she keeps rising because this is a really interesting social celebrity experiment is that can a month and a week with Kanye West change your entire life for the rest of your life. And I don't mean just by making you infamous, but it can, can it make you legitimately famous? Now people will argue Julia Fox has already been around. I've talked ad nauseum about her being an uncut gems and she was in the New York art scene, all that, the club scene, all of that stuff in the past. She's a muse uh, to people as she likes to say it. Um, But now let's see, can she go to the mainstream now? a lot of her quote unquote performance art or art or writing has talked about her drug use in the past. In fact, Azalea Banks posted one of her uh photos that I'm sure I'm sure she isn't loving that is out there now, but it's her art, so who knows? But Julia Fox, uh, there's a photo of her shooting up heroin. Um and that uh, Azalea Banks posted that today. So the Azalea Banks thing is a- Azalea's always kind of had like a weird hard on for Kanye West stuff, but like Azalea is acid tongued, but she always makes points. There's always, like, a lot of truth, and that's why I, I never write Azalea Banks off, because she speaks a lot of truth. So yesterday, I got I read you guys in the episode with Morgan P., I read you the Julia Fox quote about, Oh, you thought I was so upset? No, I'm a hustler, you know, blah, blah, blah. Me and Kanye are good. I wasn't in love for, with him for God's sakes. And then Azalea Banks wrote, we already know the tea, Fulia. You came to Miami looking for sex work. Same lawyer, the same lawyer was in contact with Ye, Kanye, and it was a weak PR stunt from the jump. What did you hustle him for? A bag and some Lucians? You absolutely did not come up because if this is he, how if this is how women who, quote-unquote, always dates billionaires behave when shit goes south, threatening tell-all books... You can kiss your days as a low-rate escort. Goodbye, sis. And then she went on to say, The things you made public in regards to your drug abuse, shit Ye probably had no clue about in the beginning, are not what he needs around with him in a custody battle that may arise in court during divorce proceedings. You're a liability, sis. The fact you thought he'd pick you over his children just reeks of entitlement, a lack of any real motherly instinct, and proves that you are, in fact, a woman child. We won't be purchasing your book. I wouldn't write it if I were you. It'll make you look racist and bitter. You are not Kareen Stefan's level of legendary... You're already told – you've already told your secret sis it's over. So Azalea puts that out last night, right? Or I think last night everything blends together. But it's pretty brutal, right? And then Julia um, got into – like i to have a text exchange with Azalea, which I think Julia posted somewhere – and it was saying, well, Azalea, I was going to release, I'm going to release the episode of the podcast I did with you on my podcast, but you were making fun of trans people. So, da da da." And she's like, you know, and Azalea's like, fuck, do whatever you want, you know? Um, so, Azalea put all of this in her stories. I don't know if this will still be up in the morning, but you can go check. Uh, usually, Azalea doesn't take down things, but Kanye's, went, Kanye's been dirty deleting every Instagram thing. Um, so. There is a a text message that Julia um, published saying of, of sorry, of Azalea Banks asking Julia who sells Molly and Percocet in New York. Molly, of course, is a drug and so is Percocet. And uh, Julia said, hi, love. Sorry, I was sleeping. Let me ask around because I deleted all my dealers from my phone when my CISO deed. And then Azalea said, holy shit, never mind. And then, so Julia posts that screenshot and then underneath in the text to Azalea, she says, I'm to post you a whole clown. Ha <laughs> ha 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 beggar ass bitch. You fucking bozo, the homeless clown. Okay. So that's Julia said to Azalea. And then Azalea says, who says those drugs were for me? LOL. I had some ghetto N word giving me some dirty Brooklyn dick that night figured I'd ask you. You brought the molly, the heroin-laced MDMA, which is kind of like ecstasy molly, and the mushroom gummies to my crib. I figured you was the plug, ho. Now, plug, of course, is like, it stands for the hookup in case my mom's listening. And ho kind of stands for whore, uh, you know, if my mom's listening or hook, however you want to go. It. So they're in it, and Azalea posts that right up. And uh, then there's like another uh, text that was like, published of azalea looking in the past looking for a contact at a hotel to shoot a music video um so julia was posting this and julia posted a screenshot of like don't talk shit about my son again because she called her son uh, a crack baby because she's calling julia fox a drug addict so julia wrote to azalea talk shit about my son again Ha ha ha, I'm about to post the whole podcast where you talk shit on a trans person to a trans person because Richie Shazam, I believe, is her name, is trans and is Julia Fox's friend and frequent guest on her podcast. I'm so sorry if I'm getting any of this wrong. This is just, I'm trying to relay the story. And then Julia writes C U N T, the C word, and then writes, You're so mad, like Lisa Ritter. And then it says, "Cause nobody fuck with you." You literally tried to say you're on Beyonce and Rihanna's level, and I have it recorded. Ha ha ha! We play it and laugh at you. And so, Azalea took that screenshot and then wrote under under the part where Julia says, "Talk shit about my son again," he goes, "She goes, okay, your son is a crack baby." Dot dot dot. What next? And then underneath the trans person part, Azalea uh, wrote. Richie needs to work on his facial femme. That's a they, them, until further notice. Maybe pawn that Birkin and fix that jaw. And then did the, like, kind of arms up emoji, like, huh? I don't know. That that was really horrible. And then at the end, in regards to the Beyonce Rihanna level one, Azalea writes, yawn, as if three successful divas care, what kind of black... Oh, God. This is a family show. You know, what kind of black cock reject meltdown you're having? Ha 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 ha. Whew. So that's what we, that's what we got right now, folks. I mean, this is all because, I mean, isn't, isn't, isn't this wild? And I know there was graphic and I know it might be very early on Wednesday for you to hear all this stuff, but I needed you to hear it. I need you to, I just feels like it feels very, I know it. it not important, but silly, like this is the stuff we go to war for in pop culture. This is the stuff that goes back and forth. But I, wanna, I want us to pay attention. So we got 1.2 million followers for Julia Fox right now. Let's see where she goes from here. Let's see if she gets the right people behind her. And let's see if her past, if she's able to make that a positive for this move for her career or if it will stall out if we will see a dip so okay 1.2 million 1.2 million followers february 15th now in kanye news this guy is exhausting he deleted all of his creepy posts from yesterday that i found very threatening towards kim and if you've been in a relationship that has um had elements of just the bad thing, like just of stalkerish behavior of all of this stuff, you know, it triggered a lot of people because a lot of people are like, this isn't funny anymore. Like this isn't just, this is above and beyond the pale. So now Kanye is, but Kanye has deleted everything again, but this morning, so this morning he had deleted everything and he posted this picture of him at the Drake concert, just looking into the abyss and he didn't put in all capitals. He just wrote, I've learned that using all caps makes people feel like I'm screaming at them. I'm working on my communication. I can benefit from a team of creative professionals, organizers, mobilizers, and community leaders. Thank everybody for supporting me. I know sharing screenshots was jarring and came off as harassing Kim. I take accountability. I'm still learning in real time. I don't have all the answers. To be a good leader is to be a good listener. So that makes a lot of sense, right? That's really well written, almost so well written where I don't even think he wrote it, to be honest with you. But it doesn't matter. At least a positive sentiment was out there and he deleted the threatening and he even admits. Potentially harassing posts, which I find interesting, too, and might come back into play if they're, you know, when the divorce proceedings happen. Um, so I thought that was all kind of like, yes, OK, that is in that's a good thing. And then wouldn't you know it? right after that he posts another post oh i'm exhausted even just talking about it i tried to find the one screenshot so he posted that and then he posted right after it he posted a shot of a sign and it said something like um you know uh people ask why dads are fighting so hard to see their kids But then they should ask the moms why they have to fight at all or some kind of he really is going on this like male men don't have any rights kind of thing that he likes to do. Uh, But he did this right after the nice Kim post. And it just it it just and that now is gone. I have to screenshot these things when they when I see them because he then deletes them. But the fact that it was out there, that it was in his mind, is just like it's kind of a peek into either what he's trying to do to stir up publicity, which I will never understand wanting to paint yourself as a villain in certain ways. Or. These are uh, these are real thoughts going through his head, and this is a man in, in great need of help. And uh also the Netflix documentary Gene Yes, get it? Uh it's a three-part Netflix documentary on Kanye West premieres on Netflix tonight. Uh it'll be out, you know, today and there's three parts. One will be airing each week for the next 3 weeks. And I was reading an article and the third part really delves into his bipolar diagnosis. And from what I read in this article, there are some wild scenes of him ranting. Uh, in, in real time, there's a scene, I guess him ranting to Justin Bieber in one, like, so it seems very interesting. Documentaries are always right up my alley, but involving this, uh, I really am very interested to see what they've done. Uh, you know, hopefully it is, uh, it, I don't know. I, I think there might be a little bit too much Kanye right now. You're like, what? What are you talking about? Real Housewives of New Jersey tonight. Uh, man, Gia was on it again. They're really doing a very Gia-heavy season. All the Gio Dichys were on there. Melania. Melania made up with Joey Gorga. They had a very uh, interesting family scene on tonight's episode. And Louie... Louis is the straight like a straight up purple you guys i reposted the california raisin meme i was talking about on monday on tuesday's episode if you want to see what i was talking about i reposted it uh but he literally is a straight up he's the straight up color of a california raisin Louis is fully purple but anyways Louis had a pizza party at his place to bring the uh geodiches and the gorgas together as one and um you know, first off, so I guess they we find out from Teresa that Louis is very into, like, you know, self-help and positivity. And he journal—Louis is a journaler. Yeah, he journals. He loves positive affirmations, all that jazz. So he wants to get them together and practice those with the Giudicis and the Gorgas, which just already sounds like a bowl of fun. And it was very interesting to watch. But I got to tell you, man, I if Louis—because the, the rap on Louis is— He's a scammer, right? And there's all these ladies that have come forward to say that he has done wild things to them in the past. But the Louis, like, listen, this is why I'm I'm a sucker. I can be scammed like that. I probably am in five scams right now that I have no idea about. But I literally was sitting there going, I like Louie. And that's when I know people like that. I'm 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 a sucker, you guys. Cause I know, I know he's probably a bad dude but I love that kind of spiritual self-help stuff. I love positive affirmations. I don't practice them that much on myself, but I love, like I love people that are like super positive and stuff. Unless it's like, there's a couple of people that really annoy me with that shit. Cause you know, it's not real. Uh, but I don't know. I, the, the Louis, did you, do you guys know what I'm talking about? Did you see through his shit or not? I was kind of like, I just, my main thing was just, I, maybe I'm so distracted by how purple he is. His skin tone is just straight purple. It's like, what is that uh, Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory when that girl uh, eats the candy she's not supposed to and then she just blows up into a big purple grape thing? It's the exact same. It's like, I feel like it hurts. I'm like, does it hurt to be in your skin, Louie? It does not seem right. It just doesn't seem right. And then Jackie and Evan, you guys. Jackie. Admitted that she still, uh, which I'm sure this will be a lifelong battle for her and for many of us, uh, ha, you know, has, still has a lot of issues with her eating disorder, and that it had popped up again with a vengeance over the last year because it was such a stressful year. And so Evan was encouraging her to see somebody, but she was doing this while she was like pounding drinks with Evan, and then they had a thing at the end of the episode where Jackie got into a fight. With Dolores, of all things, because she said Dolores wasn't on Jennifer Aiden's side as much. God, this is always makes me laugh when I talk like this. Just imagining somebody coming out of nowhere, never watching a reality show, and then like somehow hearing this and be like, what the fuck is that dude talking about? Jennifer Aiden, what? What eating disorder? What is going on? Uh, also, uh, Jennifer Aiden's husband, Bill and her come to this party at the end. And this is Bill's first big appearance after, uh, it, it was discovered that Bill did cheat, uh, over a decade ago. So wild stuff over on Jersey, uh, Jersey's like, it's good. It's like warming up. It's heating up. It's good. It's like, it's good. You know, it's like one of those, it's like seasons, right? You get the fall, you get the winter, you got the spring, you got summer, you know, it's like, you're just. You know, some leaves are falling on the ground in the fall, and then, you know, you get to the— It's just kind of like—it's just what we do. We watch these shows, right? It's just what we do. Like, sometimes they're amazing, sometimes they're bad, and sometimes they're just like—it's what we do, you know? And Jersey, right now, it's not not the most amazing thing I've ever seen, and it's not the worst thing I've ever seen by far, but it's just what we watch. It's I don't even know if I even have an opinion on it except that— I watch Real Housewives of New Jersey tonight. Uh, also, some quick pop culture hits. Sarah Jessica Parker was on Watch What Happens Live on Monday night with Andy Cohen. And get this, you guys. Andy Cohen asked her if she thought Che Diaz from In Just Like That, the most famous comedian in the world, if Sarah Jessica Parker thought Che Diaz's stand-up was funny. And he also asked Cynthia Nixon this last week as well, or two weeks ago. And Sarah Jessica Parker admitted she's only seen the first two episodes of And Just Like That. What? Are you kidding me? Only two? You're an executive producer on this show. Like, that's, I mean, I would never admit that. And she said, well, you know, I, I you know, I mean, obviously she worked on it. But if you're an executive producer, that means you are, you're a producer on this show. It is almost an obligation that you need to watch these episodes. But I, it cracked me up. I thought that it was wild that Sarah Jessica Parker has not even seen the last eight episodes. And just like that, I'm like, damn, Sarah, we need to, we need, I would pay all the money I have $730. I would pay all of that money to be able to sit with Sarah Jessica Parker While she watches Cynthia Nixon get finger blasted in Carrie's kitchen by Che Diaz. I would love to see Sarah Jessica Parker watch that. Oh, because I know what my face looked like when I was watching it. So I want to see if Sarah Jessica's face is anything like that. But I just thought that was an interesting piece of information that you would want to know. Also, uh, really interesting weather in L.A. today. And you guys, it was actually snowing in Pasadena this afternoon, I got pictures sent to me of actual snow. People pointed out that that was hail, but that's a, it's it's hail snow. It's snow hail, you guys. It's but but also I posted like going, yeah, it's snowing in Pasadena. I posted a joke. I love how many people on Instagram correct me. That that's hail. That thur sir, sir, that is not snow, sir. That is hail. A third, that is not exactly it is not throwing in pasadena Thur. it's like yes i know i'm making a joke about erica jane saying it's snowing in pasadena but it was very cold in pasadena and hail looks like snow so that counts but also watch what happens live i but and but everybody made the same snowing in pasadena joke like immediately i think i was one of the first but then every other bravo account literally made snowing in pasadena memes at a certain point i feel like we should like like we should ass- we should take assignments of like okay, Tuesdays, these ten accounts make memes if something big happens These ten because ca- if not we just post the same damn meme the same joke oh it's like and it just trickles down because you have the people that first do it and then you have all the other people that kind of catch up to it and I don't mean necessarily that they copy but I do think they come to the news they're like I would like to post something about snowing in Pasadena and so you just then your feed because I follow all these people Your my feed is just literally snow, it's like a snowstorm on my phone because all I'm seeing is snowing in Pasadena dina um but also i do want to correct watch what happens live saying they owe erica jane an apology she must have been telling the truth no i will never owe erica jane any apology i was joking when i said erica jane was telling the truth we firmly know that erica jane does not tell the truth so please cut it with that crap um also you guys will not be shocked to know guess who's not paying their child support like they were supposed to guess let's all say it okay Get the kids out of the room. Let's all scream it at the same time. Three, two, one. Tristan Thompson. That's right, folks. Tristan Thompson. So the lady, Mara Lee, the trainer that he had his most recent child, I'm not going to say his last, I'll just say the most recent, um, has come forward to let us know that, uh, she has received no child support from Tristan Thompson, he has done nothing, quote, to support their son. He hasn't even tried to meet him. So last week we got that a, jo- a judge decreed he- that he would probably have to pay $40,000 a month to the three children that he has uh, from three different moms. Uh, so that's what? 120 carry the one 120,000 a month. So I'm, I was sitting there. And I even think I did a news story where I was like, nice. He finally has to pay for this shit. And it turns out they have received no money from this man. And he has not even tried to meet his child. And I guess that's doing the child a favor at this point. Um, but isn't that wild that this this lady, they've got no support. And after even Tristan Thompson was busted out for actually being the father, they took the DNA test. He has still refused to do that. Like, isn't that wild? I just don't, I I will never understand that. Uh, She says, despite news reports stating otherwise, Tristan Thompson has done nothing to support his son, Nichols, Rep. Harvey Englander told Page Six on February 14th, Uh, Englander went on to note that Thompson hasn't even met his son yet. He has not made any attempt to meet their son, nor has he provided any financial assistance. The statement comes after a Hollywood Life report claimed Thompson could end up paying up to thousands in child support to Nichols. Um, so we have not, so we got to stay on that. I mean, like, who is, who, it's just so weird, man. Like, that's an actual child involved in this. And by the way, I'm not saying the mother is completely innocent anyway. Like, I'm not like, every, but come on, that's like a child. Like, that's ridiculous. Also, Lala Kent from Vanderpump Rules is making it very clear that an Us Weekly story saying that she bumped into Randall Emmett at a Super Bowl after party And that they say A they, uh, begrudging hello to each other Is not true Is not true So Us Weekly reported that they had a brief Interaction at the Super Bowl party And Lala went apeshit And was like, put it in her stories Like, Us Weekly, how dare you This is so irresponsible uh, We did not have Any uh, contact, actually let me look This up because it was just so damn good Um I love Lala when she has a leg to stand on. Like Lala has every right to be furious. Like I love when she has Oh did she delete- Oh no, no, she didn't delete it. So she reposts the Us thing and she says, this is a complete lie at Us Weekly. You should be ashamed, and we should all question everything you publish. I always question everything Us Weekly publishes. No offense, Sarah. I think Sarah Heron is a friend of the show and she's amazing. Um I never saw Randall, never laid eyes on him, thankfully. If, she posts a lot of Fs, if I did see him, he would never get an obligated high from me. I want to maintain as much distance from him as possible for many reasons. I will continue to co-parent through the recommended appointments, but that is where it ends and that will not change. I love that kind of stubbornness. I'm a Taurus myself, but I love that. And I I believe her. Like, I love like Lala can pop off about shit she should never even stick her nose in. But that I totally, I just I'm like, yes, that's when you should stand up for yourself. When somebody has made a damn idiot out of you publicly like that, stick to your guns. And you kind of get this feeling that Lala, it's like uh waking up to the fact that randall's a potential dork you know you're kind of getting she's like you know you're kind of getting the feeling that she's like wow he's a real dork like what wow i really got and i think that's even making her angrier you know what i'm saying anyways you guys wow we are already 37 minutes in um do you want to hear josh flag yeah let's do the josh flag interview we'll do that uh he's amazing and i will tell you this i want to be honest with my audience always this is not my best interview. It isn't. I was not on my game that day. Uh, I had a couple restrictions on what I could and couldn't ask. And that was told right before the interview. But that's not even... Like, it just... I never found my footing. And I apologize to Josh Flagg for that. I don't think he, you know, cares one way or the other. Hopefully, I'll get a chance to speak to him again. Uh, but it just never... You know, you feel vibes, you feel like rhythms or something, and I never really found my footing or rhythm, and I hesitate to tell you that because now you're going to be really listening for it. We do have timestamps. If I just annoy the crap out of you, you can skip right to the Summer House thing, but I wanted to let you know because it's always important to be upfront with you guys. Uh, I was really – I was disappointed in my own – in my own skills right here. So I wanted to let you know that I apologize. I will do better next time. Um, and that is why this has been a couple of weeks. Cause I really, this one, it stung in certain ways and that is all on me. Uh, Josh obviously is one of the most successful people that is out there and he's a fascinating person. I just wish that I was able to, um, I don't know. I just I feel like a real failure uh, on my part on my end of this interview. So, um, wow, I've really hyped that up. <laughs> but I know you you guys because he's just such a great, interesting character regardless. So I know this is a must listen to for you guys and especially for So Bad It's Good listeners. Um, so you guys, without further ado, here he is, the man, the myth, the legend from Million Dollar Listing, the one and only Josh Flag. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to iHeartRadio. So Bad, It's Good. Today, we have somebody that's so good, it's great. This is a true legend, not in just real estate, but in Bravo history. Uh, So many seasons on a show that we all know and love, but also responsible for $2 billion in sales in real estate. That's most than more movie actors make in their entire lifetime. He's also got like an old soul. He's old Hollywood. Uh, He's also got a four-part series right now with his nemesis, now his friend, Josh and Josh. But I, let's just get into this because I have so many questions. Josh Flagg, welcome to the show. Hi there. How are you? I'm I'm great. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, uh, the first thing I would like to ask you is, why are you friends with Josh Altman? Why not? Why shouldn't I be friends with him? Because we watched so many seasons of you guys against each other, and now you have teamed up in this four-part series um, what, what was the change in your relationship?
1: Well, I mean, you know, I don't know what the change, like, I, I don't know if specifically what it was, but I, but at some point, actually I do, we were selling a house together last season and, uh, it brought us kind of close together. The um, Iron Man we house, just, right? Yeah. And we were just, yeah. The Iron Man, house, And we were just kind of like, this is so stupid. Like we actually have a lot in common. Why are we fighting with each other? We're only fighting with each other because we've been doing it for so long. So at this point, we just think we have to fight with each other. There's no actual reason. And then we didn't realize that like, you know, he's really, honestly, he's like, you know, if you ask him, I would, I would assume that he would probably say that
0: I'm one of his best friends. He's and, and that same thing here. Um, I love that. That's actually, that actually is amazing. It's just that I always sided with you in any of the, you know, fights on earlier seasons. Um, So uh, with the show, do you think the show has been a help to you in real estate or a hindrance in some ways being such a public figure because of the show?
1: It, what, what is a hindrance of the show?
0: Like it, is being on reality a help in, in selling real estate for you oh, or have course. you found it to be a hindrance?
1: Well, look, how do I know? Cause I, I, I don't know because it, I can't tell you what would have happened if it was differently. I might be even more successful, but I, I would assume I, I would be very surprised if this was a, you know, if you look at the, you know, the real estate sales of all the characters on these shows, clearly they're doing all very well. I would assume that it has a huge impact.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, when you started off in this, could you have ever imagined 2 billion in sales or are you the type of person that like, I could imagine 10 billion in sales? No, I don't.
1: I don't. Come on. Nobody's ever done that before, but I mean, <laughs> well, maybe they have, and I don't know, but I bet you sure. I look maybe one day, but I, no, I certainly don't think, uh, Um, I don't think that, that there's really much more that I could have done if I was not on the show. And I, and I think at this point in my career, there's not much more that I can be doing, but you never know.
0: Yeah. I mean, what made you fall in love with real estate in the beginning to begin with? You have so much, uh, it seems like love for old Hollywood. Was that one of the reasons?
1: Well, no, it's because, well, maybe it's because I have such a love for houses. It's not really about old Hollywood, but, um, you know, I love architecture. I love houses. I love interior design, and I'm really good with people. And so, you know, if you put all those together, you, you kind of is a good a uh, good uh, equation for a real estate agent if you think about it.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, uh, but you seem like you. I just love the. You seem like you know facts about everything in Los Angeles, and it's one of those things where I was like, God, why doesn't this guy host his own talk show? Why does this? I mean, like I you seem like you have this collective of friends around you that you bring people together. I was thinking of like the candy spelling and the Tori spelling and all of this, you seem like you really get such a kick out of bringing these people together.
1: No, I definitely get a kick. I mean, that was fun. Yes. I mean, obviously, um, yeah, that was fun having uh, putting, you know, candy and Tori in the same room together, <laughs> you know, that's uh they're, they're getting along well.
0: Yeah, no, it's it. it uh, but I was like, "Why? I want I want all of your dinner parties filmed. Like, I want that to be a special series where you just throw dinner parties and we get to watch everything because it seemed like." your parties seem like to be the hot ticket where I was saying people like you're coming on. They're like, Oh, see, see if you can get an invite to his party. See if you like people you really.
1: That, it's so funny you say that. Cause I, I, I like that, but why do you, I, I, just cause there's a picture of a dinner party. doesn't mean that it's a fun dinner party or anything. How, how would you know? You know? Because
0: there's, you bring all fun people together. I mean, like Heather McDonald, Jeff Lewis. I mean, like it always seems like there is uh, I mean, even you brought the Grinch to one of your holiday parties. That's, yeah. I mean, it seems like those are fun places to be.
1: Yes. I think we have another one. uh... No, but it's, yeah, it was nice to have Candy and Tori together. They had a lovely time. The whole family was there. Everyone was in great spirits and everyone's doing great. It was lovely. I really liked seeing them uh, happy.
0: Um, In terms of million dollar listing, you've recently moved um, uh, realty realty companies. What was the jump for that? Now you're with Tracy. And and is this a huge, this seems like a huge move. Are you very excited by it?
1: Um, I, I love it. You know, I've never worked at a big company before. It's, it's very different. It's a very corporate environment, but, but, you know, at the end of the day, it's just such a different experience. I can't tell you how much, uh, it's really, it's great. It's really good.
0: Yeah. Um, uh, how many properties are you trying to move right now? Like what is the process that you go through on a daily basis?
1: It really depends on the month. It could be a couple or it could be 20. It really depends on the month. We like to keep our inventory low so we have time to service the client. But but we still, we, ter- we don't really list properties and, you know, at crazy numbers and wait and see. We don't, we really are realistic. When we go on a listing appointment, we say to the buyer, the seller, you can interview a hundred people here. God bless you if you want to go with the person who gives you the highest number. That might be us by the way, but like we, we're not, we're going to give you a real number. We're not really interested in just taking listings. We like to price them. So they get multiple offers. We like to price them so that you get the most money in your pocket, but we don't want to overprice it and sit on the market for a couple of months. And, and so, you know, usually it works, but, but, you know, that's a good way to get a reasonable seller and not get these, you know, crazy people.
0: Yeah. Um, in your experience with uh, doing the reality show, do you find it? And a lot of people, the number one question is, is this real? Or you know, is what we, we're seeing, is it real?
1: Yeah. But I mean, no, they usually just say, no, that's not usually what the listing agent will ask me. What they'll ask me is, uh, uh, I want to make sure that the, your main career is real estate. You're not fil- filming all the time. That's not your main career.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and this is definitely your real career. But then in terms of, do you pay attention? Because the other thing I get a lot of is um, really questioning the reality of this because of like Selling Sunset and the reality of that. And you guys, a lot of people are like, no, I'm a million dollar listing person. I, I don't like that Selling Sunset. Is that real to you?
1: Is the show real to me? Real song- Selling
0: Sunset, not yours. I mean,
1: I've never met any of those people in my life.
0: That's what I'm saying. Like, that's like everything, everybody that that's looks not to into say They're not
1: licensed, but like, they're not, these are not big brokers by any means whatsoever. Like I've yeah. never, I mean, the Oppenheims are, do a fair business, but I'm, but I, and, you know, I'm very friendly with them, but, but the, the, I've never seen one of those people ever.
0: That's wild. And you, I mean, it's, I mean, how big of a real estate community is there in Los Angeles? Like, is it just a huge community? There is.
1: Thousands of
0: licensees, but
1: ninety nine percent of the business is done by one percent. Yeah. So that means there's like ten people that are doing the majority of the big transactions. So of course we all know who each other. You know, know who we. Yeah, are.
0: yeah. Wow, um, that's really fascinating. Um, so uh, you're married now. Uh, another question I had, people wanted to know, is. Uh, does your husband and, uh, Josh's wife really, truly hang out? Are they friends? Are they, uh, do yeah, they really sure. hang out?
1: Yeah. yeah, they're friends. Of course. Yeah, no, no, we don't, we don't put stuff up that we're not, uh, that's not true.
0: God, yeah, yes. no, I mean, that's no, yeah. people were just like, I hope they're really friends. Uh, they really, <laughs> they really love that. Um, uh, do you guys know when you go back to, to shoot the next season of million dollar listing? Has that been decided yet?
1: Don't know yet. I, I'd love to. I'd love to find out. Um, I know we have great ratings. I can tell you that much.
0: Yeah, you really did. Actually, people don't realize what a juggernaut this show has been for Bravo. Would you do a second season of the spinoff? Sure, of course I would.
1: I mean, and and the rating also, but one of the uh, the well, I think the final episode of the spinoff actually had the highest ratings of the entire season of all of Million Dollar Listing and Josh and Josh, which we were really pleased about because. You know, this was the fir- first show that Josh and I have ever produced. Um, and uh, so we we're really excited
0: about that. Um, Krista wants to know, did your dog, George, who is a beautiful dog, truly cost $25,000? Because Google says it's $30,000, she says.
1: Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I can pull up the receipts. I, 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 <laughs> 30, I, I really don't recall the exact. Amount. <laughs> I'm not even quite sure how Google would come up with that." <laughs>
0: But isn't it fascinating? People actually have websites dedicated to how much your dog costs. Like that's wild. It's it's
1: just it's, yes, it's it's flabbergasting to me that people actually have the time to literally take the time to make a website that talks about the price of my dog.
0: Do you appreciate the the celebrity aspect of it? That people view you as a celebrity now when you just got into this for real I'm estate.
1: Not a celebrity, a celebrity is Tom Cruise. A celebrity is Brad Pitt. I'm I'm a person on a reality show. That's not a celebrity.
0: I I mean. I did. I, well, okay. But I mean, I think a lot of people view you as one. Um, uh, I think, okay. But anyways, your house manager made Olympia. Um, how does she feel about all of your guests coming over? We get to see her a lot and on your social media, um, uh, does she have to talk with you about your guests, especially one Sonia Morgan?
1: Well, Olympia is not the house manager. We have a house manager. Olympia is is the The housekeeper. Um, she, um, she is the the, what's the question if if what's the question
0: does she um uh does she get to approve your guest list or are there certain guests that you have over where she's like never again i do not want sonia over ever again because we've heard so many stories now about you and sonia which was another thing that i want to i want to spin off of josh and sonia like i
1: really want to get that going too I mean, um, no, she's not going to approve it, but actually Olympia likes Sonia, believe it or not. She actually, she's like, she's totally fucking wacko, but she really likes <laughs> thinks she, she finds it very entertaining.
0: What was the uh, the uh, evolution of that friendship with Sonia? Uh, my friendship with Sonia? Yeah, like where where did you guys end up like meeting oh, and actually oh, Sonya, forming a bond?
1: Yeah, I Sonia for, oh, I don't know, at least 10 years, maybe more. Yeah. Um, She's uh, we we met at a I think it was a Bravo photo shoot for I don't remember what it was it was in New York and um, all the all the sh- cast members of all the different shows were there for this commercial maybe it was like one of those uh, Bravo Olympics or something like that I don't remember what it was <laughs> and all of the cast of all the different shows were eating with all of the, like all the cast of all the different shows. And Sonia and I were sitting with the crew by ourselves at a separate table. We were the only people that were sitting with the crew. And we just were like, we were just like, we don't really like any of these people particularly <laughs> on the other shows. I mean, not that we don't like them. We just don't really yeah. know them or we don't, we're not like, our objective is not to sit there and mingle and schmooze and try to become friends with other people's shows. Like we weren't antisocial. We just were like, I don't know, I'll just sit down at this table. So and that's how we became
0: friends, you know? You had one of the best, I mean, that's why I was just like, this is screaming for a show because among the Bravo fans, you had one of the best shows online when videos started getting posted of you and Sonia. And it was kind of a dream come true. It was like, wow, this is a perfect mix. And I just thought, I was like, why isn't this a show yet? I mean, I know you want to get that going, but that could that truly be a possibility?
1: I, I don't know. Somebody has to, I mean, it's something that definitely should be, it's something we have discussed if somebody, yes, I, I would love that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, is there any kind of competition, uh, right now? Like we said, you used to have a rivalry with Josh on million dollar listing, and now you are friends and teaming up together. Is there anybody else out there that you have your eye on that is a possible, uh, rivalry going to be happening?
1: The ready is, I just don't want to discuss it, but there's there's people on my show that, um, I do not really get along with, uh, yeah. At
0: all anymore. Uh, um, uh, in terms of Hollywood real estate, how did COVID affect uh, everything? I thought uh, the market would completely crash, and it seems like it's stronger than ever.
1: Insane! It just totally took off. It's just insanity. It makes it's completely counterintuitive. But it, you know, I, I'm not complaining.
0: No, I know. I just, it's like wild. Like, were you initially scared when all of this hit, and then just did it surprised you as much as it surprised anyone, or uh, did you?
1: Yeah. I, th- I thought everyone probably thought it was the end of the world and and clearly it wasn't, it's just, you know, insane, just yeah. insane, but, but it is what it is and, and it still really does not make sense, but, but Hey, okay, fantastic.
0: What has real estate taught you over the years in terms of just, you know, living your life? Uh, is it a, a job that you actually recommend for a certain type of person? Like who is a good real estate agent in your, uh, in your uh, opinion?
1: good real estate agent in my opinion is somebody who's educated um as to the market i think that's the most important and knows everything about all the houses that are for sale knows everything about what's going on i think that that's super important i think that um being educated is 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 number one and then i guess client handholding is whatever but it but the handholding is less important to me that you are educated and you know what you're doing is really in my opinion the most important
0: um, who did you look up to when you were coming up in real estate or even just like, who do you look up to in life?
1: Who do I look up to? I mean, yeah. who do I look up to? Um, <laughs> that's interesting. I don't, um, huh, I don't know. Maybe my mom and dad, I don't know. I'm, yeah. 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 Uh, I, it's not like i have like a you know when my grandmother was alive my grandmother but i mean today i, I mean, okay fine maybe still my grandmother
0: <laughs> yeah um uh, also you have one of the best personal styles that i've ever seen on a dude on bravo where did you get your sense of style from is that something that you've learned i mean you have like this kind of i keep saying old hollywood but you remind me now especially in these last couple of years your style is kind of elevated to this point where i'm like that's like you're so recognizable, like your style, your glasses, like the tinted thing, you know. Like it's really all put together in a certain way. Where does that come from? In your,
1: funny you say that because I look at the mirror and I'm like, God, I wish I could. Like, why can't I put my outfits together? So it's so funny. How people- really, like I,
0: that's like you. I mean, I, I every picture I was looking at, I was like, this guy has like some of the best style that I've seen. Like you stand out.
1: I try, but I don't really like. I mean, it's so funny because I literally looked in the, in the closet this morning. I was like, "Fuck! What the fuck do I do <laughs> I make this outfit? How can we snazz this up? What can we do?" And and uh, so it's so interesting. You say that I don't know. I guess I just it's, I don't know. I mean, my family was in the clothing business for fifty
0: years, so maybe that has that'll to be- help. Yeah,
1: know, but it was, I mean, It's also we're in women's sportswear, so <laughs>
0: I don't know if that really has to do with it. What do you? Uh, uh, what have you found that you love about marriage, and what's a challenging thing about marriage?
1: marriage is a challenge because you have to, it's really, you know, it's compromise and it's, it's not, uh, you know, it's not like when you're single and you just do whatever you want. So you either really have to want that or, or, or you don't. So, you know, some people are meant to just be single. Some people are meant to be, you know, but it's really nice, you know, if you can compromise to be uh, to have a relationship and and have somebody that uh, you care for.
0: Um, How was your, a lot of uh, relationships, kind of really went through a struggle through COVID, having to be around each other so much. Uh, what was your guys' experience?
1: We got along fine, believe it or not. I mean, it was really interesting. There were so many people that just like, I, I don't know, COVID for some, I mean, I guess when you're like stuck with somebody at home all the time, maybe that could destroy a relationship, but it really didn't, um, no, it didn't really have any, didn't have a good or a bad effect. Yeah. It just was.
0: Uh, uh, did you guys binge any shows together? That's pretty much everybody's COVID experience, it feels like. Um,
1: not anything different than like, no, not really. I mean, I, I, I well, it wasn't, I think it was, I was on before COVID, but I, I definitely watched during COVID all of uh, Leah Rimini's Scientology thing. I really loved oh, it. Oh yeah, that's wild, yeah. Yeah, oh. was, she's a friend of mine and, and she, uh, uh, and I, but I'd watched the show before we became friends. So uh, it was really, interesting to uh talk to her
0: about that god yeah no that was that's really darkly disturbing and i'm so glad she actually does the work she does now re- regarding yeah. that um uh in terms of housing what is your most uh what are you the most proud of in terms of a sale like is there something that like i worked and worked is there like a house that you're like i did this
1: well i don't know i mean one of my favorite houses i ever sold was that's betsy bloomingdale's um, um just because she was such a style icon and I loved that house and it was such old Hollywood and it was, it was just a time warp. And that was a, you know, a 40 around $40 million sale. Um, uh, that was, that was just a very memorable experience, which I really loved.
0: Um, You talk about uh, I I keep bringing up that whole Hollywood thing, but the Candy Spelling thing. I I remember growing up in Kansas and reading about the, Was it Holmby Hills Mansion with the? It had the, the the the. The gift wrapping room and all of this stuff and i used to dream i was like wow places like this exist and then you come to los angeles and you realize they really do exist um is there a dream house like that that you would wish you are like i would love to get my hands on this not
1: many though have like I, i give candy credit she she uh she really did build this incredible house and make it so famous and it just like one of the most famous houses in america And it wasn't like she did it because she wanted the attention. Like, how could you not get the, you know, I I was talking to her the other day. It was really funny. And uh, we were talking about, I was like, how the, did this house become so famous she she was just like like it didn't help that one of the neighbors across the street you know was constantly all the time on the news screaming and yelling and talking about how much they she hated this uh house that was being built across the street and it was ruining her life and this woman wouldn't stop so she was like this woman was like a disaster she wouldn't stop i mean that that was one thing you know also when you're building a sixty thousand square foot house clearly it's going to get attention and then when you're you know aaron and aaron spelling i mean you know obviously all the ingredients were there but it was It wasn't like she was doing it for she was doing it because she wanted it for herself. That was her dream. It wasn't like to make this a famous house. It just all the cards kind of fell in and it just became like one of the most famous houses, the Spelling Mansion.
0: Yeah, it really is funny. And that stuff traveled like I was like I grew up in Kansas and I would read about that in Us Weekly or something. And I was like, wow, this actually exists. And it seemed like kind of this magical place. Um, are there other houses like that, in... that now
1: too, by the way, her, her, her other house, she, she has a penthouse now she doesn't have a house, but it's, yeah, she has like a whole floor in Westwood or something. Yeah. Two floors actually a pool and everything. Um, but, um, <laughs> she, um, she really knows how to live. It's a beautiful, beautiful place. It's just a smaller version of the manor, the mansion.
0: Yeah. Who else in your opinion knows how to live like that in kind of that old Hollywood scale and style.
1: We're all dead. <laughs>
0: Are you, but are you able, have you been able to sell any of those houses? You said the Bloomingdale.
1: The Bloomingdale house. Sure. A lot of those kind of houses, but all of the, the, all of those people are now, that's a different generation that they're all gone. I mean, they are in some way. I mean, I guess people today, they're building hair salons and doctor's offices and spas in their house and all this stuff. The only difference is that even though it's being done, it's just not done with the same flair and the same style as it used to be done. It just is very nouveau riche. And, and I don't know, somehow Maybe at the time though it was also Nouveau riche when everyone else was doing it. It was maybe just now in retro years later. It was kind of, you know, it seems like it was a different thing back then. But who knows? I don't. You know, it's I. I just there's a different um, element of class and style that um, a lot of these people today that are building these houses that don't have that people like Betsy Bloomingdale and Candy Spelling and all these people have. So,
0: do you think things like House Hunters kind of uh, made it uh, not ruined, but kind of like made it? way too accessible for people like we're going to do black splash. We all kind of do like these kind of same houses now or a certain style that is very, you know, kind of all cookie cutter.
1: I don't know about that, but, but, but I just, I, you know, I don't know people, I don't know. Maybe there's just a lot more money in the world today than there used to be. There's a lot more people that can buy houses, but, but in some ways, but in some ways, no, also it just, money is so cheap now. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, so, you know, it just seems like, I don't know where all the money's coming. I don't know why there's no cars. In the I don't know why there's no watches. In the I don't know why there's I, it's very strange to me.
0: Um, as we start wrapping up um, in terms of uh, periods of time, is there a certain period of time other than now that you would actually like, I wish I could be in the housing market during this period in Los Angeles.
1: Well, I just wish I could have been alive in you know in the twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, you know, whatever. But I but I don't know about the housing market. I this is the best time to ever be in the housing market. There's no question.
0: Yeah, you know? um, is it is it kind of the easiest time too? Like it's like the best, but also I can just sell anything. Is it that kind of vibe? No, it's not like that. But but it's just yeah,
1: it is easier today because there's so much more accessibility to money and interest rates are low and there's so much, so many buyers and and whatnot. And, and, uh, yeah,
0: Yeah. I was on your website, joshflag.com and it, this, the photos, you guys, a lot of you guys might not be able to afford it, but they are beautiful houses. Like it is worth going to check out the website because it is like, this is your vision board on this website. It, uh, are you constantly updating that with all of the new houses that you're, you're repping?
1: um that the website gets updated uh it should be on a daily basis obviously just yeah with, with whatever the inventory is whatever but we keep records on the website of everything we've sold so that stays there always
0: yeah um and and finally what is your craziest uh hollywood experience up until this point i'm sure you have millions of them at this point you keep like, I feel like you don't realize, like, you kind of live this really eccentric, amazing life, it seems like, from the outside. Yeah, say that to me, it just seems
1: normal. I know that's weird, but, but I guess I, I understand why people would think that, but it's just it's just how I've always lived. So, to me, it's just like another day, you know? Yeah. Um, I have to on the thought. I mean, there's just all, every day is a fucking crazy experience. There's never anything that's normal during my day, so.
0: But there's never been anything that's even blown you away of, like, for me, this is even a lot just
1: writing deals, contracts, and people asking for family dog to be included with the sale, things like that, weird shit like that, you know, <laughs> uh, but all the time, there's just always very strange things that, that, uh, that happens.
0: I got gotcha. um, Well, Josh flag, I know you don't think you're a celebrity, but I think you're a celebrity. Also one of the best real estate uh, agents in the business. You guys, we love him on million dollar listing. He's an author. He's a husband. He's a friend. He's all of these things. This is somebody we need to support for the remainder and rest of his mm-hmm. career, which will go on for 70 years. I'm sure. Uh, is there anything else that we need to be looking out for? Uh, for for
1: yeah, you? Some of the dinner parties. Go on my Instagram. You can look at some. Yeah. Dinner, guys, some his,
0: <laughs> his Instagram is wild. You see, amazing faces pop up like i said i was like sitting there laughing at the grinch the grinch was getting really nasty during a a party um and it's just this vibe that i really love about hollywood and it kind of reminded me of like the charlie chaplin days and all that i don't know it just i thought it was such a cool vibe that you have going um but uh thank you so much for taking the time with us today i really appreciate it awesome and it's josh flag one is if they want to go josh flag one yeah i'll put that on the uh the show notes you guys uh and thanks so much uh josh See you later, pal. credit card. Folks, now is the part of the show where we talk about who has sponsored us this this week and I am so happy that it's our friends at Ana Luisa. Uh, It is the new year and we all want to reinvent our style, right? And that is why you need to go to Ana Luisa Jewelry. Ana Luisa Jewelry is made for you and the planet in mind. They're 100% carbon and water neutral, but they're also really, really pretty. And I know you're like, you're a dude, but like, I also know what is pretty. Um, and they sent me samples and it's really pretty. Uh, it truly is. Um, their versatile designs are perfect to mix and match and wear every day. So you can layer your necklaces together. So that's Ana Luisa, a N a L U I S a. It has timeless jewelry for any occasion. Uh, a cute ring to show off at the grocery store when you pay for your groceries, a dainty bracelet for when you pick up an iced coffee, and luxurious necklaces that make your friends that you know it says you know it'll say like hey, why hey, she's obviously making a lot of money if she has stuff like that on. But the the best part is Ana Luisa jewelry starts at only $39. The prices are incredible. So with our code SOBAD, you can get 40% off your order at shop.analuisa.com. So that's A-N-A-L-U-I-S A. Their pieces are the perfect gift for anybody on your list: a friend, a partner, a sister-in-law, a daughter to spoil, and also just for yourself, man. You can like say it's for any of those people, but just know deep down, you could keep all of this stuff like for real. The gift guide on their website, uh, along with their bestsellers page, are great destinations to start if you want to browse their most gifted options. Uh, I always really love things like that because I'm kind of wildly uninventive, and I need to be point, you know, I need to be pointed in the right direction. Um, so please get your friends this, get your families this, get you something from annalouisa.com because you're getting forty percent off anyways. Um, Oh, uh, and how could I forget? New jewelry collections are released every Friday. So they have new pieces every week. So if you, one week, you're like, eh, you can go back the next week and the next week and the next week, they keep updating. So get yourself and your loved ones the perfect gift with up to 40% off. Check out Anna Luisa at shop.analuisa.com forward slash so bad. I know you will love them. And remember, that's going to be in our show notes as well. So just go there if you have forgotten the name, Ana Luisa. And now, back to the remaining portion of our show. Uh, the one and only Josh Flagg, you guys. God, that guy is so interesting. I, I really... I would just, I'm just kicking myself. I have so many other things that I, I want to talk to him about. So hopefully, one day, we can get him again. But I think, like, I want... There used to be like this uh, old TV show that I have only seen clips from, but it was like Hugh Hefner, which, you know whatever, but he would host a like this playboy night. Uh, It was like a black and white TV show. And it was just like a hangout thing where there would be like kind of bands and people dancing and talking. He would just kind of roam around. And I always think about Josh flag doing something like that because he's just so old Hollywood, yet he's very of his own style. And I think people like that are very special in terms of pop culture. You know, the people that you can really identify as unique individuals. And I think he is so of that Ilk, You know, he's what makes Hollywood Hollywood to me, uh, because he has one foot in the past in certain ways and one firmly planted in the future. And I think sometimes that is like the best of both worlds for somebody. So I'm really interested to see how he continues to grow and grow, because, I mean, he's already conquered real estate, so it'll be interesting. And I really I really do need that Sonia Morgan show. Come on, Sonia Moore. And like I told you, I saw Sonia at that Super Bowl party on Sunday, and whew, that is no joke, you guys. And beforehand, just so you know, I couldn't ask about um, – he's he, he – in a very nice way, We he didn't want to talk about his grandma, which we, of course, met on Million Dollar Listing and all loved. Um, but he didn't – he wanted to stay away from that, which I totally appreciate because, you know, I, I, did, I was thinking about this – And I was just like, yeah, sometimes you don't want to just keep have like dredging something that is potentially painful for you, no matter how great of a person it is. It's probably not something you want to talk about all the time and also did not want to talk about Frederick. Eglund, which who, by the way, announced that they were leaving Million Dollar Listing the week after I did this interview. So I kind of sensed that something was going on already. Obviously, they've had their issues, but I think he might have known about that during this interview. And that was something that I had to stay away from as well. So I wanted to share that with you guys because I thought that was an interesting tidbit. So we're an hour and nine minutes into this show. Now, I want to do a Summer House recap, but I got to ask you guys, do you like these long ones? Because this is going to be a two hour show, you guys. Are you okay with that? Or would you rather me split this into two episodes, like an hour with pop culture stories and uh Josh, and then an hour of a recap? Like, what what do you guys like? Do you like the longer ones? I don't know. I don't know. Sandra, we should talk about this. I know Sandra's like, yeah, yes, don't do long ones. Sandra, we should talk about this because I, I think... Because at this point, I'm like, yeah, am I just being an idiot? Or do people really, really like these kind of lengthier episodes that I seem to do? But there's just so much to talk about. And it's so fun to talk with you guys. Like I, But it's, it is so funny. If you could see me in the recording process, it's just like me staring at a screen. And I'm telling you, I will stare at the screen for an hour of just getting up. Not the courage, but just getting the... The focus or the wherewithal to start isn't starting always the hardest part of anything, you guys. And it's another one of those things that everybody always says, and you're like, "Oh yeah, it's obvious." But then you actually get into it, and you're like, "It's so fucking true." Starting, we wait. I waste fifty percent of my day trying to start, and then the the stuff that I actually finally start, I only get ten percent of work done because I've spent fifty percent just trying to get the flip out of my own way to start the work. And then 40% is R&R. That's just me time, you know what I'm saying? Or riding the bike. I had I rode the Peloton today. My roommate has a Peloton that uh I get to use and it is just it's just me cursing at a Peloton instructor. It's like a big man cursing at a Peloton instructor on a bike where she'll be like, "You got this." I'll be like, "You shut it. You don't know me. You don't know me, Jess King." How dare you act like we're friends? How dare you? I do not want to stand up on the bike anymore. Uh, You guys, Summer House, I just love. It is just the show of the week that I get into. And you know, on Seinfeld, they always call it the show about nothing. I always think about, about that as Summer House in a way. Like they have plot lines and all that stuff. But in essence, it's just a show about nothing. And I love it. But today's episode was about something. At least towards the end, especially. And I thought it was they had a really such a beautiful, amazing moment that I talked about a little bit on Tuesday's episode, but we'll get into it at the end. And this moment, it's once again, being on Twitter and all that, has really made some people, a very small minority, I hope, feel uncomfortable. Which, by the way, Kyle says, maybe it is good that we should all feel uncomfortable. But I don't know. I thought their handling of race in America and through the eyes of... Maya and Sierra was masterfully done and masterfully done almost alludes to like it was planned. And I know it wasn't, but it's just so interesting that a show about people getting tanked in the Hamptons has actually potentially handled talking about race better than any other Bravo show. And you're like, Ryan, you're crazy. I hate summer house. I don't even want, but watch it. Like, I don't know I've watched it two and a half times now. And I just thought it was really well done. It was, it was a master class in people being able to be honest with how they feel, in terms of Maya and Sierra, and then even Alex jumped in and Danielle. But then also in how to listen, where you saw all of the other castmates not get defensive by what was being told to them. You saw them listen. And I always take it like this: is that remember you're hearing this shit from a white straight dude. You've heard people like me tell you things your entire lives, right? But hey, it's me. This is what I'm doing for better or worse. So, but always take everything I say with a grain of salt. But none of them were threatened and you were actually able to, you know, I always, uh, with actors, you try, with, with acting, you would try to like, um. I've played a couple of crazy guys in my day, you know, and you you try to find a way into that character, a way that you can actually make it make sense for yourself so you can actually bring some kind of truth to it. And so when I was listening to Maya talk about school or talk about always feeling on the outside or not part of the group, for hers, it was this really, you know, for many reasons, but also because of the color of her skin. Now, I've always felt on the outside of groups. I was bullied in when I was younger and I felt on the outside. But remember, that wasn't about the color of my skin. It was because I was a fucking nerd. <laughs> but I'm saying imagine it, – it, sometimes it takes those things of like what, what can you compare it to in your own life? And I might not ever have to – I will never have to feel – Racism towards me, most likely. I mean, people might hate me and all of that stuff at some point or already do, but I will never have to feel that. But you try to think of things of like, what might that feel like? What, I mean, like, and I think a lot of us don't sometimes, and I'm not saying you don't, but I'm saying I sometimes feel that we might not really stop and think about personalizing that, of like, what would that mean to us, you know? What if, like, I remember, you know, I I used to get... You guys know I, I have thick thighs. I have I have muscular calves. When I was a kid, I got made fun of my calves so bad. I was called Popeye calves, and uh, I swear to God, if anybody fucking calls me Popeye calves, on I'm talk. Hey, Samaj, I'm talking to you, Krishna. I'm talking to you because I told them to call me horsecock last week, and that's kind of going around the internet because I'm trying to start a rumor that I have a massive dong. Thank you, by the way, for that one. Nobody better call me Popeye calves. But I remember being called Popeye calves, And when I moved from Kansas to Arizona, I was like 13 years old, I believe. And I remember going to church with my parents. And there was this teen service. We had to go. I think I've told this story already. So pardon me if you guys have already heard it. Um, but you're family, so you have to hear it again. Um, but they made like during the communions, they made all the teens get up. It was like a teen mass. And I remember there was like two lines in like half circle. And like I was in the front line and there was like another half circle behind me. And I remember these kids, I was in shorts and these kids making fun of my muscular, amazing calves. And I was so embarrassed. I was so hurt. And I knew nobody in Arizona. I had no friends and I felt like the worst. And I just, but then imagine if that's like, Like, I always put jeans on. Imagine if that's about the color of your skin. I don't know. There is just so much that – and I know, by the way, that example of calves is such a horrible example. I'm not saying that has anything up on – but I'm just trying to – I always try to get into my own headspace of how somebody might feel or how somebody – and it's really impossible. But it does help for us to try to empathize as much as possible because I think people just get defensive so quickly with the subject because it is so hot button the last couple of years. But imagine for the, for the people that actually live it, it's been their whole lives, not just the last couple of years. Also, I just think these shows people are like, I'm tired of hearing it on these shows, but listen, I loved last night's episode. And I, what, what, we had three or four minutes dedicated to that on an hour long show. Oh, it's perfect. We got stupid Kyle and Amanda drama. We got Lindsay trying to bang one of Danielle's friends. We got Luke on a beach. We got Alex with broccoli spear. Like we, we got, we got a full episode. So I love that. We got a little, a little meat in there. Something to really think about. That's why I tell you these shows are so good. You guys, Because it gives us the ridiculousness, but then sometimes it can smack you in the face with reality, with real reality. And you're like, damn, that's good. Man, that woman really explained something to me that I didn't know and I am better off for having watched this. So I don't really, I get people's exhaustion sometimes, but guess what else is exhausting? Like 16 hour work days. You know, like that's exhausting watching summer house and watching four minutes of somebody talk about their experience of race in America, man, that's one of the fucking easiest things I've ever participated in. But also you don't have to watch, but I just think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's like, that's what we need. Like this is, this is us actually slowly, slowly making things better, slowly, slowly very slowly. And I know people might be laughing at me and might be like, oh, that's that's so stupid And you're talking about a reality show. But you guys, it starts, it's got to start somewhere. I mean, it's already started, but like, that's what we need. We need people to talk about their experiences. I was very frightened because I, I, I put that on Twitter that I thought this was so handled so well. And my Twitter comments lately have been wild, not directed at me, but then people get into arguments underneath and I kind of tune a lot of it out. But sometimes I'll see an alert and I'll read it And it was very interesting, the people that pushed back against this and said, well, Maya, the character Maya uh, and Sierra, those are just their own insecurities. That's not about race. But don't you see that it's all one? Don't you see that it's all one? And it's just like, uh, you know, you want to hear somebody out before you tell them that they're what they're feeling isn't correct and the operative words in there how they're feeling about themselves and their experience so you always it's never going to hurt to listen unless you're listening to kanye west and then it gets just to be too extreme we only have so many hours in the day (laughs) but you know what i'm saying like it kind of scares me because you do sense the rage there and i'm like man i thought this was an easy one i thought we'd all be on the side of like okay i totally get that but man we aren't still we aren't all there we aren't all there, and then it's hard because you start making judgments about these people that are saying that no, they're just insecure. It's not about race because you look at their profile, and I don't want to typecast or anything like that, but you start to typecast. You start looking at profile pics, and you, you know you see one too many American flags. In these profiles. It's always and that's what's so sad is you start to typecast because you actually see the same things. You're like, well, I bet they're gonna have an American flag in their Twitter bio. And and usually they do. I don't know what that says. You guys can draw occlusions to that, but anyways, I wanted to start off with that because we're gonna end with that as well. But Summer House episode five, baby. We're really doing it. This is called Birthday Hex. Now, if I was a betting man, birthday hex, I would say. Something to do with a birthday, and we do know Amanda Batula's birthday was in last week's episode, or the start of it was, so I feel like that, and hex usually means a witch will put a spell on you. So in my head, going into this episode, I thought somebody got Amanda a witch for her birthday and she put a spell on all of the Summer House. I was way wrong, you guys. There was no witch. Very des- I waited the whole episode. No witch at all horrible. So we start off, as we always do, with episodes saying previously on Summer House. And it shows us all the scenes from the past couple of episodes, what we're dealing with. Last week, also, Sierra and Alex kiss. They bumped teeth, but Sierra was like do I like Alex now? And it's like, do I like storylines now? Lindsay, uh, telling Carl that she's with a lot of dudes and saying, YOLO, you only live once Paige um, talking about Lindsay saying, I don't know any of the guys. Lindsay is talking about right now, but there's a lot of them. Uh, we see that Maya has been in a five year engagement that she just called off recently to Kwame from, uh, if you watch the show, uh, top chef, uh that was her fiance um she mentions in these earlier scenes that uh she was his fiance and she always worked with him and kind of was known as his fiance instead of being her own person which by the way plays into how maya feels it all goes into one big feeling uh 30 amanda's 30th birthday um we hear Amanda saying from last week that I always make Kyle's birthday special. I want him to make my birthday special. Uh, we see that Luke gives Amanda a, like a, a rescue pin for dogs to their favorite rescue facility. That was his gift to Amanda. And we see Kyle going, I don't have anything. And also the big star of last week's episode, Returning this week for a second week in a row is Kyle Stye. Kyle has a huge sty over his left eye, and it is doing some amazing scene work. One of my favorite characters on Bravo right now, like, hey, what's going on? I'm Kyle Stye. Oh, the Hamptons are lovely this time of year. I'm Kyle Stye. Trying out some new voices, you guys. Uh, <laughs> and by the way, the previews for next week, it looks like the sty gets worse. <laughs> so- I was just like, I would love if by the end of the season you can't even see Kyle's face. It's just one sty. And you can just hear, like, you can just see him going, let's party. But it's just like a sty talking. Uh, Craig uh, came a couple, or, you know, last week. Uh, we had the whole thing of like, babe, if I'm in Nashville, do I have someone to hook up with, like Kristen Cavallari? Yeah, I guess. Uh, we have Paige talking to her own mom from last week, and then Andrea. We ended last week's episode with Andrea scooping up pages in his room into his arms. He's like, "Hey, come here! Let's go in the other room." I'm Andrea, and then you hear kissing sounds. Like, by the way, that is how I kiss you guys. Yeah, I know it. I've never had any complaints. I'm going to hear complaints about this. Watch, this is a slow kiss. Okay, I'm actually tonguing the microphone, right? (laughs) Sandra, we got to get a new microphone. That's, this one's destroyed now. Uh, So we cut to those sloppy sounds. We start, as we always do, with 1150, what, like the timestamp? 11.55 p.m., four boxes, each a different angle of the summer house. Uh, we see Luke out back. He is tired, but he is doing what Luke does, and that is making a fire drunkenly. It really does give me so much peace when I watch Luke make an igloo or a fire or a song on his guitar. The guy's a craftsman. He's just a craftsman tried and true. Uh, Paige and Andrea um, are on each other's shoulders. Um, Luke and Alex... Are uh, sorry, uh, Luke, Alex and Kyle are making s'mores on the fire that Luke made. Uh, Maya says, uh, you know, we had the best time at Amanda's party and it doesn't feel great that Lindsay won't let me come out with them. Cause remember last week's episode, Lindsay and Danielle went out and Maya said, Hey, can I come? And she said, no, I'm trying to get laid. tonight." <laughs> can you imagine like that shit you hear from an eighties movie of a guy telling his uh, like younger brother, like trying to get my dick wet tonight, bro. Like Lindsay's that dude of like, I'm trying to get laid tonight. You're not coming Maya. And, So Danielle and Lindsay left without Maya. So Maya says, I'm trying to navigate my single life, but, you know, I want my friends to like have me want to have me around. Let's root for each other. Um, And I totally I mean, that just has got to be shitty. And I don't think Lindsay and Danielle, I know they didn't have anything like Lindsay truly was trying to get her dick wet that night. She was trying to get laid like she was not saying she didn't like Maya. She literally was saying, I'm just Want to get laid. <laughs> so it's 1 11 a.m. and Danielle and Lindsay get my dick wet hubbard come into the house. They're hammered. You can uh tell. Uh 2:06. Um oh sorry, sorry, 1 11 a.m. Lindsay and Daniel are hammered at the in the club. They're in the club. 2:06. We see Alex say says, I'm hammered. Then we see Amanda in bed with Kyle and Amanda saying, Kyle, are you going to stay home with me tonight? Are you going to stay up with me tonight? Because it's her birthday now. It's officially after midnight. And he goes, oh, no. And she goes, you have no problem staying up when you're at a club. (laughs) <laughs> Amanda's just like eating snacks and she's like, This is way more fun than a club. And you can just tell Kyle's potentially miserable. Cut to Andrea going into Paige and in Sierra's dark room and he's like, I want to hang do with my ladies. Hey, I'm Andrea. I like to come in and hang. He loves a good hanging with the girls moment. Like, I love it. Like, I love that this man is so good looking and charming. But he genuinely does. It's like, I won't stop there, though. I will be all up in your shit. But in like a really nice, cute way, like he is like a loyal servant. He's a man dog. He's I mean, like in the terms of he's like your best friend. He is right there. Anytime you need him. Andrea is right there. Sierra goes, can you guys believe I made out with Alex? And I'm like, I can believe it. Um And then Andrea, like, can barely, like, Andrea can barely hear anybody but Paige. And all he says, he goes, look at how cute Paige is. She's so little in a little corner. And Sierra says, I find Alex very attractive. You know, he's super type A and he's very particular and I'm not. And that's what I worry about him about. And in a talking head, Sierra goes, I need an assertive guy that is going to take the bulls by the horns. Like Austin? Okay. Alex then stumbles into the dark room with all of them. And Alex just has no game at all. And I only recognize like, you know, when they say game recognizes game, no game recognizes no game. I have no game and I recognize no game in Alex. The man has no game. Sierra says, um, I don't even know what I'm doing. And Alex is getting in the caught in the crossfire a little bit. She says that. And I'm talking to and I'm like, girl. Dude, don't – we're not – we don't – there's no crossfire. We don't care. We're good. Whatever makes you happy, you know? (laughs) Uh, We see – they cut to flashbacks of the Winter House of Paige and Austin – and Sierra and Andrea all hanging out in bed together. But now Austin's gone. Alex is in, baby. Andrea says, we have beautiful memories in Vermont. Hey! And they're like, get out of the bed. Get out of the bed. And then he picks up a little blanket. Andrea goes, oh, what is this? A little de sobo gadget? And they're like, it's a blanket, Andrea. Uh, they leave. Alex leaves. Alex you know, sat on the bed for a second. He just really didn't have any... There was no kind of—he couldn't get there. Like, it was big for him to even go into the room in the first place. That probably took a lot of guts for Alex. But other than that, not, he didn't really do anything else. So they leave. Paige goes, that really puts me in a pickle in regards to Andrea. And then Sierra says, he's trying to give you the pickle. And you guys, if you don't know, Mom, if you're listening, he's they're, they're talking about Andrea's dick. They're using a metaphor that the pickle— is the dick. Do you guys get <laughs> do you guys get that? Andrea tells Alex, he goes, I wouldn't mind finding ourselves in that bed again, huh? Huh? It's pretty nice the four of us, huh? Uh Lindsay and Danielle just come in shit canned hammered. Um we see four boxes of the summer summer house Now, I love when they come in drunk because the editors troll them. I don't know if you realize. Like, they put up Lindsay, and it says publicist. And then they put up Danielle, and it says tech exec, with them just drunkenly walking into the summer house. Danielle's eating leftover pizza that's been left out on the table. Uh, We find out that Lindsay was going to meet this guy, Matt, that's best friends with Danielle. And she's talking to uh, Danielle, and she's like, Matt told me, can we please be friends Um, I can't, he said, I can't deal with you. And I'm like, okay, it's frustrating. I cry when I'm frustrated. Uh So it's like another messed up guy situation for Lindsay. And Danielle goes, Lindsay, it's okay. Sleep it off and we will revisit it in the morning. And that's what I love about growing up. You guys, I try to point out the bad things about growing up, but the good things too. Sometimes the good things, as you get older, you realize, Well, I should probably just go to bed and start being miserable again in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guess me staying up all night and worrying about it isn't going to help. You start to get to an age where you're like, you know what, I'm just going to sleep because there'll be plenty of time to be miserable when I wake up. (laughs) Right, Boogie? My dog just is hating this recap, I can tell. Um... So uh, Lindsay goes, OK, and then we get to see them all go to bed. Then we get up on the screen, July 24th, eight forty six a.m. Now, remember, Carl's away in Los Angeles, so we didn't have him getting up to meditate and sing to the birds as he usually does. So the people are, though, starting to arise in the summer house. The summer house is starting to activate as a summer house. We see Danielle coming into the kitchen, cleaning up. Uh, I do like that too, and we do have to give credit where credit is due. Summerhouse does care about cleanliness. They make messes, but they do clean them up. Like if this was the real world or some of other shows, they just left that shit just go out until there were rats running around. But I love that you really do see an effort to clean up in these shows. Uh Alex comes in. Guess what? Guess what Alex does in the kitchen? He goes. Should I make a shit ton of eggs? (laughs) Daniel Daniel goes, yeah, man, knock yourself out. So Alex is doing what he does best with the food. Luke uh, gets up. He's like, is someone cooking bacon? Uh, Sierra and Pedro, of course, in their room, in the bed, on their phones. And Sierra goes, I know one thing's for certain. That TikTok we made last night is iconic. At what age can you – at what age is it embarrassing to say – That TikTok we made is iconic. Like, I think they're still in a good age where they can do that. Now, me, I'm probably going to do that on TikTok because I do have a TikTok account. And I think I'm past that. But I'll still do it and I'll still be proud of it. But just know deep inside that I'm a sad little man. Uh, Sierra checks out the video and goes, baggy jeans could, like, be my look. I don't have that in it. I'm trying to remember. Like, I remember I got really into sweater vests one, one year because Old Navy was selling all these sweater vests. It wasn't sweater vests. And then it was not sweater vest. It was like, what do they call them? It was like sweater sweater jackets or something. I got really into those. I thought those were the coolest. And then the pandemic hit. But I was like, that was the last time I really had a quote-unquote look. Like my look now is like basketball shorts, but I don't even take pride in what kind of basketball shorts. It's like I just – find them in my closet and put them on. And I rotate out of like the same four basketball shorts. And then just, I have some favorite t-shirts yet. I have like 800 t-shirts. I just rotate out of this. It's, it's wild. I really, that's you guys. Once I make the big podcasting money, we're getting, we're getting a trainer. We're getting a trainer and we're going to get a stylist and we're going to get a stylist. We're going to buy cool clothes that I can look good in and that I feel comfortable in. Okay. Okay. That's our promise. You keep me to that, you guys. Um, so uh, Sierra and Paige are also saying, you know what I think is weird? That Kyle didn't have a gift for Amanda last night. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And Paige is like, I gave him 20 things, 27 things that would be good to get Amanda. And they're like, she is a saint to that man. And he gives her nothing. We cut to Kyle bringing in Amanda coffee on her big day to the bedroom. Uh, and he's like today's her actual birthday and I'm going to try to make it up to her. I feel horrible about last night. Andrea's in the kitchen also waiting for coffee because he loves to pick bring up coffee to the girls. Like he's like his coffee walk. is like, "Uh, ah, waiting for the coffee to be brewed so I can go up and try to get in pages underway." Ah, this is Andrea. Like he's just he's sitting there like it's his job waiting for this coffee. It's Kind of cute, though. But I will tell you, if an uglier man was doing the same thing, you might find it weird. That's all I will say. Like, why is this dude always bringing us coffee? It's the morning. Like, we're still in our nightgowns. Because in my head, women just wear nightgowns. <laughs> do do women wear nightgowns still? Like, my, my mom used to wear nightgowns. Is nightgowns like a thing? Or is it just shirts and a short? Like, what, it, what it, nightgowns? You got, like, I'm thinking of, like, Little House on the Prairie or something. So, anyways, um, Maya goes up to Sierra and Paige's room as they're waking up and comes in to lay with them. Andrea comes in with a coffee, and he goes, Ah, oh, I didn't know you were here, Maya. And Maya goes, Shocker, you pretty much never know I'm here. And he kind of rolls uh, That doesn't just rolls right past him. And it kind of rolled right past me, too. I just thought I was like, Oh, okay. And then he's like, Did you guys sleep well, Paige? I was in your dream last night. Did I look good? <laughs> like, he just says cute shit like that. And Paige is like, you are so ridiculous. It's insane. Oh my like, God, which is just you can tell she loves it. Like, I really can't wait to see Craig in there again because I'm sorry. I know Craig and Paige are together, but Paige lights up. But I think Paige was very honest. Is Paige is just somebody that loves attention. She just loves attention. I think that's – it just – she knows herself, but she really loves the attention that Andrea specifically gives her. Andrea says, you guys, we're leaving to the beach in one hour. We cut to the kitchen. Uh, People are cooking, packing up. Paige says uh, to the girls, I made out with Andrea last night. And, uh, you know, we cut to Andrea downstairs. She's like, the coffee run was success today. (laughs) Uh, The girls ask Paige upstairs, are you going to tell Craig? And she's like, no. And the talking head, Paige says, he's in South Carolina banging hot blondes. If a hot Italian wants to talk to me, get right up in me like a burrito. Uh, We cut to Andrea, Kyle and Alex sticking their little feetsies in the pool outside and, uh, Andre's like, with Craig, not here, me and Paige, we're back, you know, I, it's nice to give lips and, uh, the tongue, you know, um, <laughs> in a talking head, uh, Andre lets us know that, uh, I'm not against a relationship, you know, sooner or later, you know, I want to change my life in a good way, you know, I don't want to wake up to a different girl every morning, like I've done my entire life, come on, thousands and thousands of girls, um. But he says, maybe Paige is the girl for me, you know? And if I don't try to get her back, I might regret it for the rest of my life. (laughs) The ladies are changing into their swimsuits. Amanda's by herself going, I deserve a day glass of rosé. I love those little songs we sing to ourselves when nobody's there. I deserve a b-day glass of rosé. My name is Amanda Batula. I like to hula with the hoops. I like to drink my champagne and look at my... Fiance with a gigantic sty in his eye So bright red I wish I was dead I don't like to Be in the room with Kyle He farts, he poos He forgets to give me gifts And goo <laughs> We meet up with Luke Luke Sorry That's not even funny Lindsay walks into Luke's room and he's like how was last night Lindsay did you get laid and she's like we met up with Danielle's friend Matt and like I was hanging out with him all last week and then all last night he was texting me he's like where are you where are you and he's like so sweet he's like he's excited to come see me and then I just went there and he's like I just want to be friends and I'm like okay and Luke's like I wouldn't waste my time with him and she goes he's clearly at a different stage than me and Luke's like yeah 100% (laughs) I mean yeah that's exactly what it is ding dong Um, and Lindsay lets us know once again that she thought she would be a different someone at this point. Remember that Lindsay Hubbard had a timeline that we got to see last season. It was very exciting. When she came on, So Bad it's Good, just look up the Lindsay Hubbard interview. She went and showed me the actual timeline that she had in a book. I got to see it live. It was one of the most exciting times of my life. Uh, of course, always the number one time of my life is the day that my fake children were born. Little Evan and uh, Schmobi. Those always the number one, but my number two most exciting moment in my life was seeing Lindsey Hubbard's timeline through a Zoom lens. Um, that was when she was like, TikTok, motherfuckers. Um, But Lindsay says in the talking head, but that is not what the universe had planned for me. So I stopped fighting the universe after the timeline went out the window. But I kind of love that because we kind of see her with Carl now and they are so in love, according to Instagram. And I truly believe it for once. Like Instagram is a lot of lies and what we, you know, what we want people to see. Uh, like, I want to see Louis as a California Raisin. I want you guys to see that. That's important to me. But, like, I truly believe they are in that phase where they are mad about each other. Like, in a good way. Not like a Kanye Kim way. Um, so, uh, it's 1.06 p.m. we find out, because that's important. Uh, Kyle uh, brings in these expensive flowers. And he presents them to Amanda. And she goes, mm, cool. Womp, womp. You can tell she is not impressed. And then Kyle's like, um, babe, I thought we were long overdue for a date. Would you like to go out with me tonight? And she's like, I didn't bring anything to wear. And then in a talking head, Amanda goes, flowers die so fast. I don't expect a lot from Kyle, but it's my 30th birthday. I mean, if Kyle had bought me the pogo stick that Lindsay gave to me last, gave me for my birthday, I would be, let's go to the bedroom right now. I just want to feel he cares about me. First off, are you telling me? If somebody gave you a pogo stick, you would sleep with them. Could Lindsay have gotten to third base with Amanda Petula? What is I mean? Wow, over a pogo stick. But I get what she's saying. Now I talked to a friend today, or I was texting with a friend, saying they were uh, saying that they were pro Kyle. Like, oh, Amanda's such a you know a downer and stuff, and like, oh, Kyle can't do anything right. But you have got to listen to what she's saying, like. And we talk about this later on in the episode is that Kyle legitimately didn't get her anything for her 30th birthday. They are together. They're not friends. They are together. They are fiances. They are fiances, as Brittany Cartwright likes to say. And it just shows that he is so detailed in planning out things like Lover Boy. But then when it comes to her, she feels like she's on the back burner. And usually that's fine. But this 30th birthday, it meant something to her. And he knew that. And so playing catch up with these things like flowers and a dinner, anybody can do that kind of stuff last minute. Also, at this point, Kyle spills water out of the flowers. And Amanda goes, oh, my God, Kyle, under her breath. But her tone this episode is truly over Kyle. New scene, we see Maya, she's sleepy, packing for the beach. We get out to the beach. Luke is like, it's beautiful out here. Luke, I think it's like drink every time Luke says something's beautiful. I love I love that about Luke, though. Luke loves it. When he's in the snow, he's like, look at this snow. When he's on the beach, look at this sand. Look at this water. I love it. It's beautiful. The man appreciates nature. Um, Kyle's talking to Danielle. He's like, hey, I'm taking Amanda to dinner. And she's like, that's so sweet. And I love that. You know, like Daniel doesn't have the clear picture of what their actual relationship is. Do you ever do that where you know both people in the couple and you talk to the guy and he's like, yeah, man, we're totally cool. I'm taking taking her out to dinner. And they're like, well, that dinner sounds nice. You're a pretty nice guy. But then you hear it from the other friend's perspective and you're like, oh, he forgot to get you anything else. And so he's doing this to make up. Oh, OK. That's not as cool as I thought it was, you know. Danielle is talking about her relationship with Robert, and she lets us know that she quit her job to start her own fashion app, which is going to target people who get dressed every day. So I am automatically out of the people she will target. (laughs) I potentially do not get dressed every day. Uh, But she says there's no money coming in right now. There's just money flying out the window. She's like, I want to make sure me and Robert stay good throughout this whole time though adulting is fucking hard danielle says danielle truly is the voice of our generation this is a big risk she's taken kyle says hey you and robert just have to make it two more months because his name is on the invite to our wedding so you just got to stick it out for two months uh we have some fun summer house on the beach kind of moments lizzie says page i can see the inside of your ass fun stuff like that people are playing football drinking rose Lindsay's boob pops out andrea adjusts Paige's seat like hey babe you want a little you want a little forward a little back how you like to sit huh i got you i got you um and then he goes ah, "Paige, i'm glad you're next to me right you know you're my little happiness here um i make you and and is like i make you happy wow no one said that except for my dad and uh he's like you're my friend and Paige goes we're not just friends From the mountains of Vermont, she says. And he goes, we're progressing, baby. (laughs) He is thrilled, you guys. And I bet Paige will one day regret, if not already, saying we're not just friends. Because that is on film, baby. So you know Craig will have something to say about that. Because Craig does seem like the guy who says something about his girl saying stuff like that. Because Craig seems mildly possessive, potentially. We'll see, though. We'll see. Um. Oh, God, that'll be actually really interesting to watch that live in action. Uh, Maybe they're perfect for each other. Who knows? He blocked me. (laughs) Craig blocked me. So I'm Team Andrea. Um, Maya asks uh, Lindsay and Danielle, how was the night? And they're like, well, it was good until it wasn't good. And sorry, we didn't have you come out with us. And Maya says, it's okay. I'm not mad or anything. And Lindsay says, well, Maya, where are you with guys and dating right now? And she's like, I'm open. And, uh... They're like, well, you have to come out with us. And I'm like, duh, she tried to go out with you guys last night. Um, And Danielle's like, I would love for you to meet everyone I know. And Lindsay says, yeah, in the last month, I've made out with three of Danielle's friends. (laughs) I'm telling you guys, if I was there last year when I talked, I bet I could have made out with Lindsay Hubbard. And I don't mean like, you know, it wouldn't be like sober, like, I you know, we'd both have to be drunk. But like, I bet like if she's making out with three of Danielle's friends, I mean, come on, my odds would have been significantly approved last year. And uh, Danielle tells Lindsay, that's not a thing to really brag about. And she's like, I'm not bragging. Alex pops into this conversation. He goes, Lindsay, hey, what does your belt do on your swimsuit? And they're like, it's just fashion. And Danielle lets him know it's called waist snatching. And Danielle also lets us know that the bloat is real right now, which, by the way, voice of our generation. Maya asks Alex, hey, Alex, come sit next to me real quick. And Maya says, Alex, what about you and our housemate, Sierra? You would look good together, even for a moment, and we see Kyle real fast yell at Amanda, hey, babe, do you want me to lube you up, suntan lotion? And she's like, Sierra beat you to it. Amanda and Paige walk into the beach, and we hear Amanda say, why can't I have my own room? Why do I have to sleep with him? I hate my life. Like, that was dark. Was that a joke and I missed it? Because it was, like, really dark. And I was like, that's really what she said. It was so dark. Andrea, we see him say, I just want to go in the water with little Paige, huh? Uh, And he goes, I can go in with Sierra and Lexi. But the problem is, it's Sierra and Maya, and now... Andrea Strike 2 has called Maya Lexi. And Maya says, I'm literally not speaking to Andrea ever again. And Andrea's like, No, Lexi is the name of the girl I dated. Come on, that's what it is, Lexi. And she's like, First, you didn't know I was there this morning with the coffee, and you are putting me in my feelings for real. And he goes, Simple mistake, huh? I didn't mean no harm. And Maya says, I've had enough. Maya and Sierra go walk into the ocean to talk. And Maya says, I'm very much into Carl right now because, you know, we both can. He was talking to me the other night about feeling out of place, and I just feel out of place. Um, we see Kyle quickly say, hey, Amanda, let me know if you want a picture with you and the girls. And he's like, she goes, go home, old man. We go back to Maya and Sierra talking, and they're talking about feeling out of place. And Sierra says, yeah, like sometimes it's like, damn, I'm in high school again. And Maya says, Andrea doesn't say two words to me. It's like, I know you're into Paige, but you can't even, like, remember my name? It's been a month. It brings you back to the time of being in grade school. And Sierra says, what was the demographic of, you know, where you went to school, grew up with? And she says, well, I went to a private school. Maya says, there were only two black kids. I was one of them that I went to school, 24 kids, one other black girl. And I got called her name countless times, and we looked nothing like and as an adult, I did everything to be seen as Maya. And so this kind of stuff brings me back to like kindergarten kind of shit. But that makes total sense to me, you guys, right? There's a reason why we have behavior. There's a reason why we act like we do. There's a reason why somebody that is not meaning to hurt you can fucking floor you and they will never know because you they just trigger an emotional response that you have from childhood that you've had your whole life. And then of course she was with her fiance that also she took a back seat to Maya needs to know how amazing Maya is. And I feel like I love when TV shows like the TV show, like reality shows work like this in good ways sometimes where it takes somebody that's mildly insecure and it shows them what kind of gold they are, that they're really great. And a lot of people like them for being who they are. And I think that's one of the positive aspects of reality shows is that i feel probably Maya is getting a lot of love right now from a lot of directions. And I think that is so, so amazing for her because she deserves, she deserves that confidence boost, you know, Sierra talks about being in the summer house last summer. And she was like, yeah, we were going through the biggest civil rights movement of all time, potentially. And I'm in a house with all white people and they're talking about white people have to make more of an effort and it can just feel really shitty sometimes. Uh, to try to, to, to get into a group. And they say, I love you so much. I love you. They hug. Um, Daniel and Lindsay clock that Sierra and the uh, Maya are crying. Um, so uh, Maya tells Sierra, I love you so much. I appreciate you checking in on me. Amanda sees Sierra and says, I hate that you're crying. They're all eating cheese. Even Alex. Alex is breaking his diet. I saw him eat some Cheez-Its. Amanda and Sierra then hug. Danielle says, so many great bodies here. (laughs) We cut back to the house. It's 6.28 p.m. Sierra lets us know that she is so happy to be home. Kyle lugs in a cooler and says, holy nipple hard on. Danielle, we notice, has an inflatable chair in her room. I don't know why I left that in as a note. Luke is in the kitchen getting ready to grill some burgers. Alex is doing what Alex does best, focusing on making big broccoli heads. He's preparing broccoli heads. It is one of Alex's biggest storylines yet this season. Let's see how he does with it. Alex and Andrea are talking, and... uh, Andrea says, "Hey, I was talking to Maya, right? You know, what do you feel about Sierra? You know?" And Andrea's like, "She likes your looks. She like uh, Sierra likes what she sees. You know." She says, "The only thing iffy, you're you're a routiney person." And Alex is like, "Uh oh, she's like more spontaneous. Okay, I understand. I understand." And Alex says, "I wish Sierra would understand my routine. It, you know, if you throw that routine in a commitment." I'm a hundred percent committed as well, you know. So I would be into them in that same way, and that's a good thing. Lindsay lets Alex know, "Hey, dude, your broccoli's burning," and Alex comes in like, "Oh shit, my broccoli!" And then they find out that it's the fridge alarm. Uh, <laughs> uh, Amanda's dressing for the dinner with Kyle. She doesn't seem thrilled. Maya preheats the oven for cookies that she's gonna make. Uh, Alex asks, Hey, how are you, Maya? And she's like, I'm tired and over it. And Alex says, Hey, if you need help with anything, let me know. And she's like, yeah, Kyle and Amanda pull up to dinner, uh, back at the summer house. Lindsay says, uh, dude, I'm shocked that Kyle didn't get Amanda anything. Andrea says, I can't believe the gifts are priority for me when I'm in a relationship. I get gifts, you know. That's, I, of course, you do, Andrea. Um, we cut back to the dinner, and Kyle says, We haven't gone on a date since February, and now it's July. And we flash back to the winter house when they went on a double date with Sierra and Austin. Um, and Kyle tells Amanda with a huge sty on his eye, by the way, the sty is like, I got you something. Amanda, I can't believe, but I did get you something. I got you, I got you a nice uh, Forever Twenty One uh, ensemble. You know, yeah, I had a gift certificate, but I paid cash for some of it, so I got that for you. There's a gift receipt, but Kyle, I'm sorry, Kyle's on his own with that. But just know, Randy the Stye definitely got you something. And he says, obviously, I do feel I dropped the ball, Amanda, on making time for us. You know, there's no clear line delineation between work and a relationship. And Amanda says, well, even you and me, when you're not working means a lot to me. And they bring up therapy. And Kyle says in a talking head, I'm trying to pretend that we don't have a hundred things to do. And I've just got to swallow the bullet here. The waiter, by the way, the waiter in the scene is a star. The waiter gave a lot of pizzazz. And uh, they're like, you have a Momo sour. And he's like, we sure do. The egg white is fantastic, Kyle. Kyle says, um, part of my struggle, Amanda, in getting a gift is, uh, I just, I, I screwed up. It gives me and Amanda finishes it and says anxiety. It gives you anxiety. I let you off the hook every single holiday celebration. What is the last gift you got me, Kyle? And he's like, I don't remember what was the last gift. And she's like, I don't even know. That's how long ago it was. And he says, is there anything you need or want? And she goes, a dog. Even if you agree just to continue letting me foster. And Kyle says, the seven fosters was a life experience, Amanda. We get shots of that because they did foster a mama dog and the seven fosters. And it did look wild. It did look really wild. And uh, Kyle says, I know you really want a dog because I can't make you happy myself. I hate when men do that to women. That is one of the shittiest things you can say. Like, duh, be a man, dude. Have some, cu-. you know, come on. Because I can't make you happy. And a talking head, Amanda says, Kyle's family isn't big gift givers, which is okay. But I want to know you're thinking about me. And it feels like you really don't care. That's it. It's a real simple message here. And you can like bag on Amanda and say, oh, she," but come on. It's a very simple message. It really doesn't seem like it takes much to make Amanda happy. Uh, I could be wrong, but that's what I'm seeing. Um, And also, you know, to not remember the last time, you know, like that she never gets gifts from Kyle like that. That's just bomb. I love gifts. Like probably that's why I'm not a great person. I don't know. I do. I like gifts. Sue me, right? New scene, 924 p.m. Saturday. Um, uh, We're back at the restaurant after a commercial break. Amanda sees a dog walk by and she goes, oh, my God, Kyle, is that my gift? Which would have been perfect if Kyle did surprise her with a dog right then. But of course. It's Kyle, so no. Uh, We cut back to the summer house. Sierra says, well, gentlemen, this was a protein-packed meal. And Alex says, because the boys made it. Luke asks, Maya, you're making cookies, right? And she's like, yeah, chocolate chip and double chocolate. Lindsay says, okay. Maya goes inside and Lindsay says, okay, let's take the bottle of 1942 tequila, take a pull out of it, and say something nice about Amanda. And Paige says, Lindsay, Amanda isn't even here. Let's do that, but say something nice about the person in front of you, which is way better of an idea. Lindsay says something about Andrea. She says, uh, underneath all the abs, there really is a heart in there. And Andrea's like, oh, it's very nice. I'll give one to you. I'm really glad our relationship is going deeper, huh? Malaya Maya we see alone in there making cookies and I felt so bad for her because I knew she was feeling out of place and she's in there working Maya says uh, I'm making more cookies you guys she comes outside but I got FOMO and Danielle to Alex says pulls the tequila says what I love is quite possibly getting to know you you are the onion I like to peel uh, you are the onion I like to peel Um and uh, so they're doing their thing. And then all of a sudden, Alex says, sorry to be a buzzkill, but the guys have to go get ready. And we didn't even get Maya to get a compliment. So that was another strike. Maya tells Paige, I don't know if I feel like going out tonight. And Paige says, you're going. We see Luke and Andrea chest bump in the other room. And Andrea goes, are you ready to party? I love stupid shit like that. Like that made me, I was like, Man. To be a man and to be able to chest bump with another handsome man, like they are living, they are living a handsome man life. Paige says, um, Maya, do you want me to twerk for you? Will that make it any better? She does a little twerk. And, uh, Maya says it's very taxing to try to continue to fit in with a group of people all hours of the day. I just don't feel like it tonight. And Paige says, did something happen today or is it a buildup? And there's a montage to all the things that happened. And, uh, she's like, I think Andrea set the tone, unfortunately. And I just feel like I'm invisible. Andrea at the most inopportune moment comes in and, uh, or no, sorry. First she says, how do I know your name? But you don't know mine. Andrea comes in. And Maya snaps and goes, can you give us a minute and close the door like now? And Paige is like, babe, just give us three minutes. And Paige says, I hate that you're feeling like this, Maya. And she's like, I guess it'll feel really nice for you to be home alone and collect your thoughts. And Maya lets us know that she's unraveling in some ways. And she says, I want my friends to know what it is like to be a person of color in the Hamptons. And I'm scared to talk about this, to talk to them about this. I'm scared. Which, by the way, like, I really thought about that. Imagine that, man. Imagine this being on your mind your whole life and, and and being in a group of primarily white people and having to share your fear and knowing that sometimes they might hold that against you or say, oh, you're out of pocket. No, no, you're just insecure you know, to kind of devalue her experience. Like that really is, I would be scared. I get scared to tell people things sometimes, like close people. I get, I'm very scared, but I can't imagine what it would be like in this situation. So it's 10, 13 PM, four boxes. We're all leaving. Luke tells Maya, you better come next time. So uh, really quick though, before we left, Sierra goes, oh my God, I have to take a shit. And uh, Paige goes, you got two minutes. And then they time they put a box up and time Sierra taking a shit. And you guys, if she doesn't exactly hit the two-minute mark and she comes out picking a wedgie, it was wild. And that's what I want to see Austin eat front to back. Woo, 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 woo. We cut to Maya in bed looking at her computer, cut to the club. Everybody's having fun. Kyle and Amanda come in from their dinner, and they walk past the bathroom that Sierra took a shit in. And Amanda goes, did you already start farting, Kyle? And he goes, nope. And they do a ding, 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 Sierra's poop bathroom. Sierra shits, man. I love it. Everybody poops. And Amanda goes, it smells like poop in here. And then Kyle goes, it's my 30-year-old fiance, 30 years old. And she goes, Kyle, stop. Like they really just don't seem like they like each other this season. We cut to Kyle and Amanda eating snacks in bed. Amanda burps in matching lover boy outfits. Uh, The summer house arrives back home. Lindsay kicks her shoes off drunkenly right at the doorway. And she's like, I didn't even want you on my feet because you fucking sucked. We cut to Sunday morning, you guys. It's Sunday morning. Luke's in bed. He says, I ate like shit and I feel like shit. We get the four boxes of action. Bam, 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 bam. Maya brushing her teeth. Nice. Amanda says, in bed, I already need snacks. Paige is on the phone with Craig, and she speaks quietly. She goes outside. We hear Craig say something like, "I want to come visit again." And I was like, "Boo! Stay away. We don't want you." Um, she's like pss, 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 super quiet, doesn't want anybody to hear. Um, Lindsay pops into loose rooms like, "Hey, do you want to drive with me home?" It's kind of gross outside. He's like, "Yeah, of course. Thanks, Hub." Uh, page gets back into bed with Sierra and she's like, Craig was calling at 8 AM and I answer it. And I talked to him for an hour about the Kristen Cavallari stuff. And he, he said, she texted him saying, you're not going to make a fool out of me. Like you do with, with page. And you know, if you want her like go, Oh, but if you want her, like go have her, just don't make me look stupid. But he, he was like told Kristen you went on IG and lied and you said you didn't you wouldn't date either of us and then he asked me so many questions about Andrea first off I think that's really shitty like I think Kristen Cavallari is whatever but I think that's always shitty when a guy like busts out the other girl he's sleeping with and saying guess what she's so annoying guess what she's doing it's like it's almost like a move you know like a way to like endear Paige like Paige you're the one I'm telling the truth to I just, you know what I'm saying? It's a move. Uh, Good morning, Maya, Andrea says. Good morning, Maya. Gets the name right. Uh, Maya tells Kyle that he has a great look in his green outfit. Everybody's cleaning. Amanda and Paige go outside uh, and talk about the weekend. And Paige tells Amanda, I was so nervous about the Kyle gift. You know, I booked a trip for him to the Bahamas, and the passport thing happened. And, you know, what's going on? And Amanda's like, yeah, come on, dude. He's the absolute worst. Um, then she relays the 8am phone call from Craig and saying, I'm getting so over it with the other girls. And it's like, go for it. If you want to go for it, Craig, I love when Paige talks tough and she's like, maybe I'll give Andrea another chance. He's, you know, all over me. But then Craig said, I want to tell you again, how much I like you Paige," And I don't like the thought of you and Andrea. And she's like, but Andrea gives me so much attention. And like, I like it. I'm human. And I wonder if part of the reason Craig is doubling down on liking Paige is because he does know andrea is there like he does seem pressed he seems concerned we cut to four more boxes four more boxes of activity at the summer house we should be able as an audience to be able to pick which box we want to see i want interactive summer house damn it andrea is helping Paige with her bags downstairs and Paige tells sierra craig doesn't even help me with my bags Kyle tells Maya, after taking down four of your cookies last night, Maya, I n- I might need to do serious ab work next week. And in my head, I was like, "What's ab work?" <laughs> I'm like, "I what is what ab? What is, uh, you have to do work for the ab?" I presently have zero ab. Sierra says, um, "Hey, me and Maya, let's gather up summer house gang." She doesn't say that, but you know they're all gathered. She's like, it's a great segue. Me and Maya had some combos this week about how she's meshing with this group. And I just think we need to sit down as a group and check in with each other. And Sierra automatically starts crying after saying this. And they're like, whoa, whoa, what's wrong? What's wrong? And she says, last summer, I was intimidated to come to the Hamptons because it's predominantly white. And I thought I might not be adequate to fit in. You know, white people don't look like me and her. And we, uh, you know, find out from Maya, she says, Andrea calling me a different name was triggering. I know it wasn't malicious, but I've been in this house for four weeks. I'm Maya. And he goes, I'm so sorry. You know, I interact with Paige and Sierra so much. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she's like, there's so many factors here. I'm one of two black people. I'm new to you this summer in the Hamptons. No one is at fault here, but... I have a different experience as a black person in America that doesn't get talked about while we're here. And Luke says, Hey, it took two years to create the friendships I have here. And he doesn't say that in a snotty way. He just, was saying that in a relation of like, I know it's hard to fit in. And we did see Luke have a hard time fitting in. And Kyle says, Hey, well, you know, and I know that's coming from a white dude. um, So what, and Kyle, like really, really hit some of these things out of the park. Um, but that coming from a white dude like Luke, but we want to understand that your perception of what your experience is has been much more difficult because of the color of your skin. And Alex then brings up, you know, I'm a mixed minority and I got really angry when we had the 4th of July party a couple of weeks ago, cause some guy thought I worked here and asked me for the Wi-Fi password and a drink. And he's like, you don't look like everyone else. You look like Bruce Lee or Jackie Chan. And it's like, I fight the hardest to fight that expectation. And Danielle says, I've honestly felt that way before too, you know, out of place, you know, that should I be here? I've been coming here for years and, 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 and asking myself, what did I get myself into when I first came out? But it is insanely courageous of Maya to actually talk about this. She says, um, And Kyle's like, yeah, your experience is, it's so different for you guys. And Sierra says, when you come in as an African-American in a white space, people expect less of us until we prove ourselves. And Maya says, I was told like I speak like a white girl when I grew up, which kind of means the undertones that black people are uneducated. And Luke says, yeah, it's kind of like a damned if you do, damned if you don't situation. And Sierra says, it's tough to talk about you know um and she's crying at this point again but being able to vocalize and and validated you know maya like having maya here it's like having a sister here with me and andrea says yeah italian society in the 90s it was not multi-ethnic you know and I, i i need to work much more on that which by the way yeah italy is definitely not it cannot it has you know um But I loved what Andrea said of like, yeah, I want to work on that more. Like what a great attitude to have. And Kyle says, these are delicate conversations we should have. And if you're uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable. Let's do this together. I thought that was so beautiful. I really thought that was beautiful. What a great, what a great line, but not just a line. What a great meaning to that. Think about that. These are delicate conversations. How many delicate conversations have we had the last couple of years? These are delicate conversations we should have because we want people to be happy, right? We should have. And if you're uncomfortable, I'm uncomfortable, which is pretty much saying, I care about you. I care about your feelings. So I stand with you. It's really that simple. And then he ends with, let's do this together. And Paige is crying and saying, we'll never know what it's like to be two black girls in the Hamptons. Which I think two black girls in the Hamptons should be a spinoff show. um, But Maya says, this is a part of my life. I just wanted you to know that. They all cry and hug. They come in and do a group big hug. But it's not cheesy. I really thought it was amazing. Kyle's like, bring it in. And then next time on Summer House. And we finally have, guess what? We have Andrea's bondage party. Everybody's dressed bondage. Um we have Paige and Sierra doing kisses. Sorry, pa- sorry, Paige and Andrea doing kisses. We see Sierra kiss Carl and Alex sees it and gets bummed. Um we see something about lover boy. Oh, no. We see Kyle say to Danielle I'm not looking to date my mom, and you're acting like my mom. And and then we see Danielle tell Paige and Sierra horrible people to tell that uh, that Kyle said that him and Amanda only have Lover Boy in common. So dun dun dun. But I thought that was a good episode, you guys. Not the silliest episode ever, but a good episode, and I really liked it. And I really like you guys. <laughs> if you like the podcast, please leave it five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can go on both now, you guys. Um, but I just thank you guys. Thanks for letting me do this, and and like I always say, thanks for giving me a direction in my own life. And uh, I'm so happy to be a part of yours. And I will talk to you on Thursday. Say good night, Brooklyn. Good night. Say good night, Randy, Kyle, Sti. Good night. Batches.